We dumped some of their kind there. What? The joints. They left the weight outside. We don't want them. Hello and welcome to the Vintage Rebellion Podcast. I'm Richard Hutchinson and I'm your host for episode 98, Was It an Echo? Echo, Echo, Echo. Joining me as always is Peter Davis. Good evening, Pete. Richard, what's going on? Well, Pete, I've been starting to listen to some new podcasts and what? I was looking for one about the Rings of Power, which I think is absolutely amazing and I am sick of to death of seeing all the toxic stuff online don't like the show that's absolutely fine but there's absolutely no need for some of the stuff that's coming out about it but the rings of power podcast is called the cast of power and i really enjoying it so what non-star wars podcast would you recommend and why oh wow richard um i don't listen do you know what i don't listen to any star wars podcasts anymore i don't know i guess there's oh no apart from rebel force radio that's about but but i would suggest um if you're into vintage gaming there's a there's a few of those doing the rounds. Uh, Retro Hour is a good one, and the Retro uh, Weekly as well is a good one. And they are they they both UK based, and they talk about you know games back in the day. And uh, because there's there's one channel which a guy is actually in an old mill in the Cotswolds has started up an arcade. Uh, so it's got all the consoles in there back in the day, loads of arcade machines. People are dropping off you know, old computers and old console games and all sorts. And he's trying to sort of make a real, you know, a mission out of this. And you, and you can follow the progress on his YouTube channel. Uh, it's absolutely brilliant. But so, uh, yeah, definitely recommend that if you like vintage gaming and being vintage like me. Rich, Rich, I've got to jump in there. If you're looking for a good Rings of Power podcast, you've got to try <laughs> Rings of Power wrap up. Thoroughly recommend that. They get into it without being toxic. It's very constructive. It's very informative. Yeah, rings of power wrap up. Give it. A, give it Everything's a toxic now. If, if it's not toxic, I'm I'm surprised it's not like a, an online thing being toxic about about us. You know, oh, I hate those vintage rebellion gits. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's videos now that's probably slagging us all off. Have you, you not heard, have you not heard my new podcast, Pete? That's exactly what it is. <laughs> oh, fantastic! <laughs> Spoons hates vintage. Well, next on the list is Andy Spoons and Norton. Good evening, Andy. Hello, Richard. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Andy, if you were a new character invited to join the crew of Red Dwarf, who or what would you be? Oh, that's a very, uh, very interesting question. A new character. Just a random question there, Richard. <laughs> no thought needed for that at all. Uh, I would be a friend of the cats perhaps another creature how about that a hamster hamster oh yes i can see that one hamster spoons yeah definitely it's good evening jason smith Uh, evening rich jason what was the last concert you attended that was not tv 
or movie related? TV or movie related? Because you were going to hit us with something like John Williams plays Return the Jedi on his Did You Do? Yeah, I was. I was. I was at that several weeks ago. Yeah. And um, I'm trying to think. I don't go to concerts very often. I went to. Um, I'm trying to think. Any other concerts I've been to? No, sorry, nothing comes to mind. Sorry. Mm, you can see Kylie Minogue. I'll, I'll answer for you, Jason. Pavement Monday, brilliant. Leeds. And next we have Andy Preston. Good evening, Andy. Good evening, Rich. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Andy, if you were running through a dark tunnel and the Doctor Who theme tune was playing, which villain from Doctor Who would you definitely not want to be chasing you? Oh, well, if they're chasing me, then it's got to be the Weeping Angels, because if they're chasing me, that means they're behind me. That means I can't see them. Therefore, I'm toast. Well, that was a good answer, and that's come from uh, Radio 5 a couple of days ago, because somebody asked that question, because the general consensus was, all of the villains in Doctor Who, to get away from them, you just got to run. <laughs> but then somebody said, well, the, the Weeping Angels is the one that you probably couldn't, unless you ran with your eyes open all the time. Can you think of a fast alien? Is there any fast aliens? Because the, the Daleks aren't, Cybermen, they would go like one mile an hour, you know us. Fast aliens, oh, the, um, the, the Toclophane, they were pretty fast. Right. Um, that was um, the, um, the, the the metal ball creatures that the master had. Oh yes, I remember them. <laughs> Can I oh. also just give a very quick shout out, Rich? Um, I went to Exeter Film and Comic Con at the weekend, uh, which was a great show. Um, Sylvester McCoy was there. Um, daughter and I did um, Fourth Doctor and Romana cosplay. Uh, but I, uh, I I was chatting to a Ghostbuster. Um, went and said hi. Um, lovely costume. Bit of chat. He said, uh, "Are you Andy Preston?" I said, "Yeah." He said, I thought so. He said, I recognised your voice off the podcast. <laughs> uh, so this this is a listener, Lee Hawker. Hello, Lee. It was great to meet you at the weekend. Fantastic costume. And uh, yeah, hopefully catch up with you again soon. Just a little tip for you, Andy. If anybody asks you if you're Andy Preston again, you're best off saying no. <laughs> <laughs> Who's he? <laughs> <laughs> All right. And OK, um, Jason, uh, we are absolutely delighted that you have uh, decided to record tonight because... Um, you're going through something that's absolutely tragic. So I'm going to pass over to you, mate, um, so that you can update the audience for anybody who hasn't seen your Facebook statuses. Yeah, um, my, my wife died of a brain hemorrhage last week. I'm absolutely gutted. Completely lost at the moment. It's like, you know, you have all these TV movie things about metaverse, and I'm in, I'm in the 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 parallel universe where my, my wife died and it's just really weird and it's I don't know I'm just you know trying to trying to soldier on at the moment I'm trying to do things that I would normally do to kind of keep some kind of normality in my life so you know, I'm recording the podcast because that's something I, I I do every month so um yeah, but I mean, I'm I'm kind of you know sitting here in my office in an empty house. Well, when I say empty. I've got the cat. The cat's missing her as well. So yeah, it's just um, it's the worst thing. Um, you know, you can you know you can lose you know various various family members, but the, 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 it, it's kind of next level. 
kind of losing losing your partner. It's um, it's really kind of hitting me hard at the moment. I mean, she was such a character, Jason. She's been on the show at least twice, I can think of. And she played one of the... I think she played Princess Leia in one of our pantomimes. Um, yes. And she was yeah. she was incredibly, you know, she was incredibly confident and, and loud and, um, you know, proud. She was a very, very proud lady. Yeah, she, I mean, she would, she would speak to, um, speak to anyone and she was just always about lighting up other people's lives. So, yeah, there's been a big response on Facebook. I'm quite amazed by the response I've had. I think there's been like 500, I don't know, 500, uh, responses on the initial post that I've, that I made last week. So yeah, yeah, it's, uh, tough times ahead, I think. You know, there's, you know, I've had, I've had a look at various things which talk about stages of grief, but I, I just don't know what's going to happen there. Um, I'm trying to soldier on. I'm trying to keep all my interests and stuff going. Yeah, I was very, I was very lucky with um, Katie because she, she basically, I mean, I, we, we, I live in, um, it's a kind of three level house with the third level being, um, the loft conversion. And I got, I got the whole of that. As, as my Star Wars room. So, you know, I was fairly blessed in being able to have a collection room. I didn't really have any kind of, um, you know, limits on what I, what I could spend particularly, you know, and um, a, a dad kind of joked and said, well, you know, you've got a collection room, you can have a collection house now. And I'm just like, I've lost the enthusiasm for it. I mean, I haven't bought anything. I'm, I'm not really looking you know, I've got this room full of stuff, and it just seems so unimportant at the moment. Absolutely, Jason. We were delighted that you wanted to come on tonight because, you know, it's an incredibly tough thing for you that none of us could even imagine. But you, you've got so many friends in the Star Wars community because both you and your wife yeah. has touched so many um, of not just listeners of our show, but you know, Facebook friends, people at Echo, people at from people at Celebration. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because yeah. Terribly. There's a lot of love out there in the community for you, Jason. And uh, as, as you know, we're all there, and all your friends are there for you as and when you need us. So uh, do reach out if, uh, if if you need to. Yeah. Mate. yeah, I'm kind of the things that things I've kind of got booked in. I'm I'm trying to do all the things that I kind of did. I'm kind of um, things that we did together. I'm kind of cancelling because they were our things, and you know I, I don't really feel that I can do those by myself. So. I've cancelled a con, and there's various other things that I'm not going to go to. But all, all the other things, I mean, I, I have quite a lot of what I call friendship rings. So I've got, you know, I've got my podcast one. I've got, you know, vintage Star Wars. I've got one for Chelsea football, cosplay, Back to the Future, the musicals. I do have, you know, some people, they just do everything with their partners. So if they lose the partner, they've lost all those things they did. But at least I had things that i did which i'm going to keep doing you know even even if i'm not really kind of enjoying it as much but i'm going to try so yeah it's a long road you're on jason you are going to go through ups and downs and uh you know it's it's going to be a struggle and there's no getting around that but uh um, yeah, you yeah. know we're 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 all here and we're all supporting you and we're all the support's been great so so uh, yeah Thanks, thanks, guys. Much appreciated. We love you, Jason. 
Right then, guys, so let's move on to the show then. So, latest acquisitions, I haven't picked up anything. Nothing at all, no novels, nothing for me. I've had quite a quiet month. Um, seeing that, like, I'm expecting a huge parcel arrive in the next two days. I forgot about that. But uh, never mind, that'll be on the next show. So, um, Pete, I'm... Just... You're newly married, Rich. I'm, uh, I'm sure you've been otherwise engaged. <laughs> yeah, true. Very poor. I've looked at the list here, Pete, and uh, there is a, a Jason size list underneath your name, so... Um, oh. I'll come to you next, so take it away. This is my biggest ever list. This is Jason-esque. Uh, well, you know, in a sort of like halfway. Um, yeah, those are not nice things. Uh, Mr. Mr. Spoons gave me a very nice uh, parts of a scan-like lampshade, which is really nice, actually, because exactly what I wanted. I didn't really want to make up a lampshade. I wanted to display the pieces. So uh, I'm looking for some frames for those pieces. Stick them on my uh, cupboard. Um, so I, I really appreciate that, Andy. Um, thanks very much for those. Then I did some trading at Echo with uh, Mr. Preston. Well, I say trading, maybe some trading and some thieving. So there was uh, I, I traded something and got a Spectrum 48K Return of Jedi Death Star Battle cassette, which is fantastic. Been after one of those for a while. Um, I also got hold of an Empire uh, Empire Strikes Back 1988 VHS tape, so you know pre messing around with it too much. Um, also traded a few uh, Mankey novels, um, you know, the uh, Sprint of the Mind's Eye, and a few novels from uh, with Mr. Preston. I also <coughs> lifted from his junk box a Slave Lair birthday card. I, thought, I did already have one, but I thought I could always have two. It's no no thing. Um, some uh, Last Jedi trading card thing. I don't know what it was. A <laughs> now I think this stowed away, Andy. I don't think it, I stole this one, but I think it stowed away. But it was a little mini plush Princess Leia that actually had a voice box in it, uh, which did work very well. But it's quite amusing. Um, so yeah, it belongs with you. That one does. Pete. <laughs> I think it does. That's, that's why um, she kind of ran away with me. Um, yeah, a few other bits of bobs. We'll, we'll come to the game crit later. But I think the best thing, I, I can't, I, I thought this was like months ago, but it's since the last show, which I can't believe. So this is this this find I had. So I bought off Facebook Marketplace a bunch of books. I've been following this this guy and this bunch of Star Wars stuff, uh, mostly books. There's a few things on there. But he wanted too much money, he wanted like 50 quid. In the end, it got changed down to like 25 quid. So I thought, right, yeah, I'll have them. There was like script books and the Magic of Myth book and a bunch of other bits and bobs. But I thought 25 quid for a bunch of really nice books, including the Tomart guide. I can't really turn that down. So popped over to Stratford, which is quite a posh, and uh, went to this very nice house, um, very nice sort of like in their probably early 70s couple. And um, they, they're telling me, OK, yeah, this, this, you know, this belonged to their son, all this stuff. And he kind of left it and he was in this house and all this stuff got got um, stolen, unfortunately. And uh, but say, so, you know, you know, this what, 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 what rid of it. So, they, yeah, they said, oh, you've you got a bargain there. And I told them about the podcast because there was a Tomart's guide there. And I said, yeah, this is my Bible. And then just as I was kind of like leaving um, or prepared to go. The guy goes, oh, uh, do you want some old boxes that we've got? We're going to throw away if you want them. So yeah, yeah, might as well. So where it goes to the garage and out comes a Palatoy Star Destroyer box, a Palatoy Atta, a Palatoy Million Falcon box, uh, a Snow Speeder box, and a really smashed up B Wing box. Which those last two I managed to flog at um, <laughs> at uh, Echo. 
But and then they tell me about what their son did. And this is kind of the best part of the story. So their son lives in America. He, he moved to America many years ago to be a teacher. And it, it, it turned out that that he's, he doesn't really do a lot of teaching these days, but he follows UFOs around that part of the state. I think he lives in Kansas or something. I can't remember exactly where. Uh, it's like, OK, OK, interesting. And uh, so I had to ask, you know, has he ever met one or seen one? Oh, yes, he's met. He's had loads of interactions with aliens. So I'm going, I've stand in this really nice house with these people who are really nice. And they're telling me their son has met aliens with a straight face. <laughs> it's just like, OK, yeah, brilliant. So I better go, better go. I've got things to do and got out there swiftly because it's like, what on earth? What on earth was that about? So, I mean, I've kind of been trying to find this guy's name because obviously I knew the, you know, the, the contact via Facebook of the guy's name. But I can't find anything. So I'm going to keep trying to search this guy, see if he's actually genuine about it. But what a mad, mad thing that is to go to someone's house and then tell you that their son is a UFO hunter. But the box are fantastic. The Star Destroyer box, absolutely fantastic. The, I'm going to keep the, the Atta and the Million Falcon boxes because they're just beautiful. But uh, the Starstruck box is really good condition, but I've, I don't really care about Starstruck. Um, and then I picked up a few of the bits and pieces, um, some nonsense. Uh, there, there was there was loads of Tazos with it, which I gave away. Those Kellogg's kind of like little statuettes, which I gave away, <laughs> away at Echo. I was just giving tons of stuff away. We'll come to later. But, um, but the, the last kind of item was something really nice. Martin Woodgate sent me a really i've never seen it before it's a little kellogg's giveaway i don't think it was a uk one it was somewhere else a little tiny amadala one never seen it before but i was really chuffed that he thought of me and said you want it I said yeah yeah I'll, I'll have that so uh that's kind of the highlight really of the month so tons of stuff all that stuff and ufos <laughs> yeah sounds great uh interesting character certainly you meet them mate peter after see Right, then, oh, we'll keep on the UFO theme. Let's head over to Spoons. How did I know you were going to come to me, Richard? Um, I've had a, a relatively quiet month, but some nice nice pieces. So I hadn't picked up anything before going to Echo, and a couple of vintage pieces that were sort of vintage pieces. So first, um, we'll come to you later. We had, we had to find an item. I picked up something thinking it for this item, but it was too nice, so I've made it an actual purchase for me, and this is from Lee Bullock. It's the Spectrum 48K Star Wars computer game, and I used to have the, the 48K, and most of my games were were copied tape to tape those days, so it was nice having the original one. It's a little bit battered and things, and Lee did, Lee did a very good price on that, um, so actually that's on, on my collection shelf now. And I also picked, I've always wanted one of these, an Area 51 Death Star catalogue, which I, I believe Jason Joyner was behind um originally a big stack of those on his uh, on his tables i've never had one of those nice little bit of nostalgia browsing through a catalogue and not afraid to turn the pages when it's uh, when it's a reproduction one like that clearly marked uh, and also on the on a modern line picked up the last three mandalorian retro figures i wanted to complete wave two of those uh looked around the whole day for those couldn't find them at all i think dave tree had one that was a bit battered uh, new out of the box, but a big crease down the middle. And then just as we were packing up, the, the guy next to us on the stand um, I suddenly noticed he had them all there. It was the only stall I hadn't visited the whole day, so I picked those up. And a few DC cases to go with them. Um, and then the next day, I went to another toy fair, Doncaster Toy Fair, where I picked up the retro 
Darth Vader from Kenobi, probably probably stick with just that one, but it's just such a good figure. What what might have been in the vintage line if they ever if they ever redesigned him. But going back to proper ve- uh, proper vintage, I picked up a couple of items from Vectis, uh, most recent lot, and that was they were essentially uh, Christian Sommers items. A lot of them in uh, GW acrylic cases because it, it kind of you know they were the, the uh, selling the cases so he had to, had to buy a figure to show them off so he was selling off those figures so i picked up his 12 inch hand solo which just leaves ig88 to complete that run so hands nice and complete bit of a hair rub but not bad and uh and a naked chewy which i'm going to move on and fates is often just sort of lump stuff together so if you want this hand you've got to have this chewy as well that no one wants is pretty much the the message so i ended up with both those so uh, yeah not a huge amount but a nice compact little lot i'd say I've seen a lot of those uh, naked chewies about. Obviously, it's the most common one, I think, um, for fairly obvious reasons, I suppose. Um, Jason, let's come over to you. What have you picked up this month? Hi there, Rich. Yeah, I, I managed to purchase quite a lot of stuff before uh, Katie was rushed into hospital, so I can go through all of that. The first thing I got was, I've, I've got listed here, is a, a power toy card back. It's not very often I pick up a power toy card back because I've got almost all of them. I've got a... 70C R2D2. So this is a tri-logo card, and it's kind of much thinner cardstock than the, the the regular 70B tri-logo card. And the racetrack um, around the bubble extends below the main racetrack, and then the kind of wording is on the racetrack rather than being on the bubble background, just how you can kind of tell. But since the bubbles are ripped off in the card, um, it, that often obscures that bit of the cards. They can be quite hard to track down. So, but Stefan Farco uh, sold me a R2D2 70C. So I just need a C3PO and a Luke Farmboy to finish that run now. So I've been looking looking for two now. So that was quite nice picking up a Palatoy car back. I've got a Looking Summer Extra. Just I've got quite a lot of Looking magazines. It was some of them a little bit of Star Wars in it. And I started picking up um, Starburst magazines. Um, initially, it was one that had an advert for uh, Empire Strikes Back Weekly in it, which I hadn't seen before. But um, a lot of them have got really good stuff about uh, Empire Strikes Back and Star Wars in them. So um, I've started buying up issues of Starburst magazines. So I've probably got about, I don't know, about 15 of those so far. And even the ones which aren't about Star Wars have got amazing stuff about, you know, all, all the cult shows back in the day. Like, you know, there's lots of stuff about Blake Seven and Battlestar Galactica, all these kind of shows. So I may, I may just collect the first so many uh, so many issues just because they've got really good stuff about all these shows that um, I used to watch when I was a kid. So I've got those. I went to Sandan Toy Fair principally just to meet up with some um, London-based collecting friends who, who were there because I hadn't seen anyone in a while. So um, it's still very much a show that's predominantly focused on toy cars and, and trains and stuff, but there is a little bit of vintage Star Wars there. Um, I managed to pick up two things there, which was a, a Palatoy stickered Kenner card with the Admiral Akbar offer on it on one of the stalls and a pack of Campina Fun Product stickers. Now, these are the stickers that went in I think it's Empire Strikes Back Weekly, episode 89. They had 
a poster with giveaway stickers that you would put on and it's these Campina fun product stickers so I've got got a pack of those that I picked up at Sandown and then Echo Live um I, I did quite well at Echo Live there were some some pickups that I picked up so there's stuff that I bought but since we were all going to Echo Live I picked them up at Echo Live so one of the one of the first pickups was uh another HCF Return of the Jedi fancy sets that's a stationary HCF did stationary and it's a it's a box stationary set and this one has a red pencil case in it which I didn't previously had but I had two yellow pencil cases and two blue ones I've never had a red one so this fancy set has got a um has got the pencil case in it and funny enough when it when it was listed um there was a ruler above it that was missing and I I contacted the seller and said um it is the whole is the is the kind of cling film on the front? Is it all kind of sealed? I think because what you'll probably find is that the ruler has slipped down and it's behind the pencil case, and it was so he managed to kind of fish it out. So it's a, it, all the bits are there, so that's quite nice. I've got um, an HCF four in one pencil display holders. So this is the thing that they would have had in the shop to put all the pencils in. And what's unusual about this one is on. It's for four in one pencils. It's kind of kind of the pencils for, for this one had kind of four different colours in them. And then a very kind of the the wood was kind of striped to reflect this. And uh, it says it's made made in Japan. Um, so I kind of was debated with uh, Mr. Preston whether these were actually, you know, legitimate um, HCF collectibles because, you know, HCF was made in the UK. But what it was is that they you know they kind of as as with palatoy they 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 farmed out some of the manufacture out east and then shipped it all back and sold it so you know it's it's a legitimate part of the range so i've got i've got that pencil holder which means i just need the one for the regular pencils now so and i also need some pencils to go in this empty container so i haven't got any yet so that was quite nice so again another pickup uh, and then um, I've got a Return of the Jedi HCF large sketch pad, which I got off Mr. Preston. Thank you very much. Another red, a, a loose red pencil case. I've got two of those now, one in one in the fancy set and one loose. I got uh, two HCF layer mini memos. And, and that means I just need one Yoda mini memo to complete my box now. So I'm looking for that. I've got another HCF Return of the Jedi star log. Um, I still need two or three of each of those to there's two different designs on the star log book and i need two or three of those to fill a box i've got a harley coppet falcon and x-wing fighter poster so this is um there's two posters that came in um the um, the the poster pack that i talked about in uh, the last couple of episodes and um jason joiner was selling loose ones so um i've uh, i've got one of those um Still trying to decide whether I'm going to colour it in or not. Probably not, because the, the majority of them you pick up are all coloured in, so I think I'll just leave it as it is. Um, I've got a Leia Bush PVP special offer card back. I've got another card back. I'm, you know, don't get card backs for ages, and I've got two in one go, so I'm very happy with that. I've got two more uh, Touchline coin holders. I've got the two Admiral Akbars, which leaves me needing... All three of the C-3PO's and I think it's a red Chewbacca to finish the set of that. Three limited uh, metal box, limited micro tins. So these are, it, I have a display box with micro tins in it and I've got enough to fill the top row of the box. So I've kind of 
padded it out with um, paper underneath, so it looks like the box is full. But I've got I've got the top level of that now. I think I'll probably just leave it at that for now. I've got an Empire Strikes Back FKS sticker box from Mr. Preston. Thank you very much. All I need now is loads of um, sticker packets to go in there. I don't have any sticker packets at the moment, so that'll be another one I'll have to fill up. And I've uh, got another couple of packs of Campina Fun product stickers. Everybody seems to be selling these. I think people have heard that I've, I've bought a pack, so everybody's like, buy a pack off me. So I've got several packs of these now. And um, the rest of the stuff I've got on here is uh, Echo Live swag, which I'm going to talk about later in the show in the Echo Live section. Great range of items once again there, Jason. And Andy Preston, over to you next. Thank you, Rich. So I'll kick off with my Echo Live pickups. Um, and uh, like the other guys, there's some bits that I picked up having bought previously. So that was a Shield UK pyjama top with the uh, Jedi characters and uh, the Empire and Jedi logos. No Star Wars logo, which is unusual. Uh, also a helix ruler and two pencils and uh, those were all from the toys of tatooine guys uh, also from them but bought at the show is a real grail item something i've been looking for forever um, and that is a carded touchline smile money bag featuring c3po uh, got the loose ones but uh, a carded one has eluded me for a long long time so delighted that uh, ben gave me the opportunity to to purchase that one thank you very much mate like Jason, a um, couple of poster art colouring sheets. Jason mentioned the one with the falcon and the X-wings and ties. Uh, so I bought that one along with the, uh, uh, the the companion piece, which has got the Star Wars logo at the bottom, uh, Vader at the top, Stormtrooper, Luke and Leia, R2, no 3PO, it's, uh, funnily enough, and a, a, a Tuscan Raider. Uh, oh, 3PO is there, he's on the other side. So, yeah, the characters colouring sheet. Next from Jason, uh, I managed to acquire two Palatoy retailer catalogues. These are the catalogues from 1981 and 1982, featuring all the uh, Palatoy products from those years, um, action figures and the Play-Dohs and uh, the games and, and other things. Uh, I had very kindly from Andrew Palmer. Uh, he gifted me a Bilton's coffee mug as seen uh, in behind-the-scenes photographs on set on Echo Base. I think Harrison Ford's uh, drinking his coffee from one of these mugs, so uh, kind of a ish behind-the-scenes item there, but uh, very nice. And I also picked up five autographs. Uh, and perhaps we'll, again, we'll talk about those later when we get on to the, uh, the Echo Live section. Uh, otherwise, non-Echo Live pickups, I have a Dave Prowse fan club badge. I've finally got an early Scandicor poster with the pointy W, and this is the black poster with the uh, the heroes, um, Luke and Leia and Han and Chewie. It's in pretty battered condition, but uh, a real rarity, so nice to get that one. An unused Empire Strikes Back Lion's Maid wrapper, um, which has still got the Lando sticker in its cellophane sealed inside. Um, so again, got all the, the uh, wrappers in used condition. That's the first unused one I've got. So that was a, a nice acquisition. Next up is a slide viewer um, made by a company called Patterson. Uh, and this is their Trident model. And these are used all over Star Wars. They were used uh, six of them together for the cameras in the detention block. Uh, their view screens. Uh, there's one on top of the Treadwell droid. So a nice little found prop, not screen used, obviously, but uh, the the same make and model that they used. Uh, and I, I think they're cropping up as well in the, in the Andor TV series. 
so yeah, um, nice pickup. Next one is a press release folder. This is from 20th Century Fox from the London office. Uh, it's got all sorts of information, fact sheets on the movie and the production, uh, the key cast members, the key crew members, uh, probably about 15 or 20 individual uh, inserts in that folder. And coming with it, I don't know whether they were originally with it, but there's a press release for the Sphere Empire Strikes Back novel and the RSO Empire Strikes Back soundtrack. So a nice couple of rarities there. I've also got the British hardback edition of Splinter of the Mind's Eye only became aware of this fairly recently and i managed to track one of those down on the internet so that was a library exclusive edition not on sale to the general public uh, i got a tv tops magazine this is dated 11th of june 1983 nice darth vader cover uh, on that one uh, a star wars super 8 film reel uh, so it's the reel but unfortunately there's no actual film on it so uh, um, it, it is just the plastic reel section but that comes in a nice plastic clamshell case um, with a shop sticker on the front from a place in Newquay that sold these things back in the day. So that's a, a nice little British connection there. And last but not least, I mentioned earlier going to the Exeter Film and Comic Con this last weekend. Had to buy something there, so I picked up a nice loose, incomplete sand people figure. Nice paint on that one, very little rub. So uh, uh, I bought him for a tenner um, just to, to have something vintage to take away from that show. And that's my lot, Rich. Yeah, brilliant range of items. It's nice to see um, some toys getting picked up as well. You know, it's it's great to see such a range, but obviously we are vintage collectors and it all goes back to the toys. All right, um, where are we going to go to next? Let's go to the action figure face-off, I think. Oh, right, okay, maybe we'll just skip this for. <laughs> um, not the most inspiring ones this month. Really hard for me to pick a winner, although I think there is one that I would have played with far more as a kid, but we have got Andy Preston with Clatoo, Andy Spoons with the Jawa, Jason with the Weekway, and Pete with Hand Trench Coat. So we'll go in that order. We'll start with Andy Preston, Clatoo, take away. Thank you, Rich. Clatoo was the name originally given to the alien visitor in the 1951 movie The Day the Earth Stood Still, and he controlled his giant robot Gort with the phrase. Klaatu Barada Nikto. Since then, that name's come up many times in pop culture. Uh, Ash's magic words in the Army of Darkness, and also Galaxy Quest, where the Thermians come from the Klaatu Nebula. So Mr. Klaatu has got a proud sci-fi lineage. Perhaps that's why he was the feature alien chosen in the marketing for Jedi. Appearing on products as diverse as jigsaws, costumes, bags, masks, drinking glasses... Stickers, mugs, lunchboxes, and statues. But of course, we're here to talk about the action figure. He came on several different Jedi card backs, tri logos, most foreign licensees, but not interestingly on Power of the Force, although proof cards do exist. His sculpt is just brilliant. Every detail of his jumpsuit, his leather vest, his bandolier, and his helmet brought out by the Kenner artist. His scaly lizard-like skin and his facial horns captured perfectly. And he's wearing a fabric skirt, one of the few figures considered important enough in the line to justify that extra expense. Now, Rich, I know you like your variations. And it's common knowledge, of course, that Klaatu's limbs can be moulded in both grey and tan plastics. But that is just the tip of the iceberg. So a Klaatu figure can have any combination of limbs in either grey or tan plastic. 
That's 16 different variations. Next, the boots and his thigh belt can be found painted in either black or grey. So that takes us up to 64 variations. The head can be moulded in green and painted grey, or vice versa. That's 128. And these body variations could well exist on every COO for the figure, so it's quite possible that the Klaatu figure has got well over 600 legitimate variations. Then you've got the skirt that can be found with many different cut and fabric variations. Unsurprising when different factories were sourcing fabric from different places. And of course, these were all cut and stitched by hand. Not to mention the two different vibro axe sculpts. So there we go. Ideal for the variation collector. Nothing left to say except Klaatu Barada Victor. Well researched there, Andy. Uh, I do question your commitment at times to this section, but you definitely put a lot of effort into that one. Let's go to Andy Spoons next with the Jawa. I must say, I did like Andy's ending there. That's a, that's a classic line from a film. But anyway, the Jawa is such a tiny figure. Is he the smallest figure, Richard, I ask you? I'm not sure. I think he might be. But with so much playability. We all know about the vinyl cape. Expensive and rare-ish. But the figure, the figure is so well sculpted. He's got his orange peel like black face with those little dimples and his yellow eyes. Really good match for the screen, Jarrah. The eyes actually seem to glow on that figure. It's got on his great flares. Kind of, they couldn't make robes back then, so they mimic the robe effect. It's got his flares like the, uh, the swish of the cloak and his bandoliers inspired by the Wild West Mexican bandits. The sculpt is so good. That the vinyl cape was the perfect accessory to show it off. You don't want to hide that. The only question is, do you have one bump or none with your blaster? His hands are my favourite. Little black gloved hands with so much detail. They really grip the figure. So any figure that's better at holding his weapon. And even with that great sculpt, the addition of the cloth cape was groundbreaking when that came in. The first soft goods accessory for any Star Wars figure. Years before old Squidhead, Klaatu and Luke Jedi. Jawa was suddenly double, double caped and even better for it. And a shout out to the 12 inch one. That's essentially the small figure, enlarged, nice cloak, exactly the same, but he's wearing Russian boots. And if you like bubbles, Richard, which I'm sure you do, the blisters on the cards is a story for you. The first blister came with a clear plastic sheet behind the figure, stop the cape sticking. Next, the bubble was updated with an R2D2 bubble. Before the final bubble was issued, the one with that slanted out on the top half, so the, the latter two with the, with the uh, cloth cape there, there are loads of cards to find as well. The Meccano Square card, that's a classic. It used to be the most affordable foreign card for any collector. Everyone had a Meccano jar in. Cost a fortune now. There's the... Um, did it have a vinyl cake jar in is like the big question. It's, on, it's pictured on the back. And I think the uh, the rumour comes from that as it's also got blue snag on it there. The Toll Toys Empire Strikes Back card is also very special and does come with a vinyl cake jar. But the much faked Toll Toys vinyl cake jar with a much darker cape, very much like Ben's. You get get those cut down trying to fool people. Now, we can't talk jars without talking the sand crawlers. What a vehicle. Is there any other character in the toy line? with a better standalone vehicle. It's really movie authentic, and it's remote controlled. The catalogue description says it best. The mysterious Jawas ride this combination tank and scrapyard across the Tatooine desert, selling and kidnapping used droids. Radio controlled, 
two-channel unit operates from up to 20 feet away. Moves crawler in almost any direction. Almost any direction, Richard. Basically, it doesn't fly. That's what they're saying. The roof hatch opens. The side panels become a step ramp. And how about a lovely Canadian sand crawler in an Empire Strikes box? Laden with jowers. It's lovely. Kenner catalogue and box images even has a picture of R5D4 flanked by jowers. So it's definitely the one for you, Richard. Bit of a boat end in there. I thought you were going to end on something nice and smooth. Pete... Nope, it's not. It's Jason. Jason with weak way. I was going to say, uh, hit a man when he's down, give him weak way. Um, what can we say? Weak way. One of Jabba's goons, obviously. He was there on the, the little mini skiff when they tried to um, stick uh, Luke Jedi into the Sarlacc pit. Um, I like to think in a in a kind of parallel universe version of the film, weak way actually got his vibro cutter axe pushes Luke into the Sarlacc pit and uh, that's where the film ends and he's like just waving his uh, BD-1 cutter vibro axe above his head going go jabber yes so uh, yes but that wasn't to be uh, Luke span round uh, used the used the tight used the, the plank that he was on as a kind of springboard springed over his head and then uh, proceeded to, to chop everyone on the little uh, skiff barge uh, into little bits including um Poor old Weequay, or as he was known, his character name is Pajiti Rook. Yeah, so poor old Pajiti, um, in little bits in the Sarlacc pit. Um, figure wise, um, as, as it's, you know, Return of the Jedi, one of Jabba's goons, um, it's available on Return of the Jedi card, Kenner, Palatoy, and then obviously it's on a tri logo and power of the force um figure wise comes with the comes with the, the amazing axe that he used to prod luke with and the the figure itself is i mean the, the, the a lot of the a lot of the goons are all kind of fairly similar they all kind of have a brightly colored clothing and stuff and um yeah but if you've got yourself one of these um Hasbro uh, big massive uh, barges. You, you you need you need you need figures like this to fill it up. So there he is, just you know, making up numbers. But you know, what could have been with that plank? That's it. I think out of all of them, what I was alluding to at the start was that weak way was probably one that I played with most as a kid. Out of those four figures, I definitely didn't have hand trench coat. Okay, then Pete, I didn't have hand trench coat, so give me a reason to be annoyed at my parents. To be fair, Rich, I didn't either. I didn't even know this existed until later years. Uh, it was not on my radar, but apparently... So the research here, Richard, is all very interesting. I knew none of this, and it may all be wrong. So if I've got it wrong, you know, I blame the internet. So apparently it featured on the, on the uh, Return of Jedi 77 back. So it wasn't out for the release of the film to spoil if Han survived the Carmelite, but apparently the trailer spots on TV did actually spoil that information anyway, because they showed Han running around in his trench coat on Endor. So uh, people could find out that he did he did actually survive the Carmelite. So um, so these are variations. Now, so I, I could be wrong here. I look, it looked kind of cool. Uh, there's a couple of uh, head sculpt variations and some spray variations. Um, apparently, there's there's one that makes him look a bit strange. Uh, sort of like slightly thinner versions, you know, sort of like more traditional looking head, and then a slightly fatter head. 
which which is yeah, a surprise to me. Um, there are also two versions of the body as well. One was sharp detail, the other was softer details. And the easiest way to, to look at this is uh, is where the belt that splits from the pants from the shirt. The less detailed version sports a belt that bends down to the left of the figure after the buckle. The belt on the other, sharper version, on the other hand, goes across horizontally without any bend whatsoever. So if you're into those sort of things, very exciting for those type of collectors. Now, of course, the only variation I know of uh, was the trench coat. Now, apparently, this item was hand-sewn. I don't know how many other items were hand-sewn. Maybe the jowl cloth cape was, was hand-sewn, which means human errors means variants. But uh, the, the main versions of or variants were the blank and printed lapels. So allegedly, both versions were die-cut from the same fabric as the coat themselves. And the variation is the fact that the sewers... Um, weren't completely paying attention what they were supposed to be doing and uh, just kind of like, you know, went with it. Uh, so that's where we got the two variations. How true that is, I don't know. Maybe we should get an expert on. But um, talk about trench coats. Um, I'd like to put Han in the uh, the top five trench coats. So my top five is Han the Solo trench coat, Pink Panther, Inspector Clouseau, uh, Humphrey Bogart from Casablanca, I think in his Burberry trench coat looked very nice. How can we forget Aubrey Hepburn? Also, in a Burberry trench coat. And uh, maybe my favourite other Harrison Ford trench coat was Deckard from uh, Blade Runner. So if you've got a top five trench coats, let me know. Related tangent there, Pete. I've got to say that all... all trench coat related. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think all four have been absolutely really good tonight. I, would, I did worry about you with trench coat, Pete, because I knew you wouldn't have um, had that as a child. Um, no, you know... I don't think anyone did, Richard. Nah. I don't think that literally... Anyone has because it's like you've already got at least probably three hands. Exactly. So you've probably got big heads, small heads. No, yeah, you wouldn't have done. You would have had one. And nobody had two. You had one yeah, original hand. I did. Solo. You had Han Hoth. I had both, Rich, because because I'll tell you why. My brother had the little head one, and I had the big head one. So we had two. Uh, I didn't even think that kids would even notice them things back in the day. Yeah, because it looked it looked really weird. We couldn't figure it out. Well, they change his head, uh, but it's like the, the little small head one was my traditional one that I played with, even as my brother's one. But yeah, Han Hoth, hot best spin. No one, no, literally, no one had a carbonite and no one had trench coat. I mean, they're all great, all passionate, all well researched. I loved all of them, but I'm going to have to go with Andy Preston. I thought his was brilliant tonight, uh, really nailed it, and uh, it's about time he raised his game. <laughs> thanks, so harsh, thanks, Rich. That's, that's a backhanded compliment if ever I had one. <laughs> yeah, but, but I think that's the nicest thing he's ever said about you, Andy. To be fair, ever. Like, give, it, give him, give him Nick two in the next one, and then Barada. Let <laughs> them all. Yeah, Clatu Skiff. <laughs> right then. Um, you know what? I think we're going to miss the quiz out for a little bit. I think we'll come back to that. We're going to go to any shout outs now. Um, and the reason why I'm going to any shout-outs is because there's this wonderful picture that Jason's put in the show notes. So, Jason, I'll come to you next. What have you spotted? This was on the Imperial Commissionary Deal or No Deal Group. It's a full box of Return of the Jedi XCF pencil sharpeners, which was picked up by Ryan Liu, uh, an American collector. Uh, I'm going to say congratulations. This, this was something that was... Um, on Jason Joyner's table at Echo Live, and I, I did I did haggle for it all weekend, but um, just couldn't make um, 
a big enough offer to uh, to secure it. And uh, Ryan has Ryan has uh, has whisked it over to America. He's got a full box of pencil sharpeners there, which uh, look really nice. So uh, it's, a, it's another packaging item I'm still after. And congratulations, Ryan, on a on a on a, on a great purchase. Yeah, it's a lovely box, isn't it? It's really nice. I like the way that those sit in the box. Boone's next. Over to you. Well, I've gone back over to Star Wars Forum UK. It gets very quiet over there, actually. There's only one purchase for uh, September, but a few for October. And this is Benny 100. So this is page 1877. And so a line that I don't really know very well, actually. So this is the power of the force, Han Carbonite. So it's Han Solo in his hot outfit never appeared on this. So I, maybe I've got an Ewok or something on this car, but I don't know much about the power of the force one. So it's quite it's quite nice to look at. And as, uh, as, as Pete mentioned earlier, I never knew anyone who had Han Carbonite when I was a, a kid. I sort of grown out of toys like that. And so it, it struck me as, you know, a nice a nice item. I have no idea how, uh, how rare he is in that line, but... He looks good. It's a lovely card. But significantly, this is the last mint on card that Benny needs to complete his full mint on card run for the second time. So he says, I really shouldn't have sold up in 2000. It's been a 20 year journey to get a full set again. So really happy to finally pick this one up. And it's, it is a lovely card. So uh, congratulations, Benny. Lovely card. Great run. I wonder what he paid between the two sets. I dread to think. <laughs> oh, no, the percentage increase. Yeah, well, and go back to uh, McQueen. Was it last month, that quiz? Oh, crikey. If I could go and collect something that I'd already collected and sold on, I'd, I'd, I'd go for something different. But you must really like them. So good job. Yeah, I could, yeah it's a, I've, I've certainly done it with the odd hand hoth item that sold up and then ended up buying again and it hurts to have to do it yeah for, for a full run <laughs> guys yeah there's a lot of extra money on that right i'm moving on in may 8 and next so i spotted this on jabba's court and this was a post by frank Giraud. and apologies for butchering that name is a very very good chance of it so the this was a, a photograph that was taken um of lots and lots of um, Trilogo card backs uh, with their figures. Now at first glance, um, because they are such wonderful condition, they look as though that they are uh, mint on cards still sealed. Um, and a few people have been fooled by one of the cards that's um, in the middle near the top, which is General Maidine. So obviously if those are um, a General Maidine sealed mint on card, uh, you, you, you're talking a lot of money there. But as you look further down, you can see some of them have been torn off the cards. And um, he said that they were all open, but all in excellent condition. So he's picked up uh, 12 of the card backs and figures. Um, <laughs> just brilliant. I mean, these are French Meccanos. Um, there's a, um, a Meccano 9-num in there. These are brilliant. I mean, Jason, uh, off the top of your head, how much would a Tri-Logo Maidine card back go for alone? Yeah, I'm saying that's no. I mean, that, that card back looks beautiful. It's the, the best-looking card back I've seen for a Maidine. And pick, picking up any Maidine um, Tri-Logo card back is extremely difficult. Yeah, that's um, that's a four-figure card easily. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to make a lovely reseal out of that, couldn't you? Yeah, it's 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 really good, and it's the general. All hail, General Crix Medine. Yes, fantastic. 
best card back I've seen. So fantastic pick up there, Frank. Uh, well done. You've done really well. It's definitely easy to describe it. Find of the day. Find of the day. <laughs> um, Andy Preston, I nearly picked the one that you went to next, and I'm glad you picked up on it because um, I believe it may have it been discussed at Echo. It's a bit of an interesting one, this. This is something that Lee Bullock posted uh, on both the large size action figure group and Palatoy group on Facebook. Uh, and Lee says, a Yoda hand puppet? Well, here is one with a difference. I found this in the UK, made from foam latex, cast in a two-part mould with inset doll eyes. And uh, from the photos he's posted this is something that looks very very similar to the uh, yoda hand puppet um, which uh, was commonly sold um, palatoy and kenner so it's a uh, it's basically a solid figure there's no movable parts um, you've got yoda with his hands clasped in front of him on his gomer stick um, he's uh, um, got his, his obviously his head with his ears sticking out uh, each side um, and uh, a slightly grumpy expression on his face but the one that uh, lee's picked up is um i don't know whether it was a dark brown that's going lighter with age or whether it was a light brown that's going darker but uh, um it's got sort of yellowy brown highlights and uh, a lot of it is a, a more of a darker chocolate brown made of latex as he says and with these eyes that uh, yeah they look as if they've come from a doll inserted into it so Lee says he's asked a few knowledgeable collectors. They all drew a blank. So he took the mystery Yoda to Echo Live. Jason Joyner takes a look at it and we compare it to a production Yoda. Suffice to say, it is 5 to 10% larger than production. Has a completely different face sculpt. Was apparently painted in the past and crucially has no sign of what this was cast from, having copyright markings or signs of the hair rooting system. Jason came to the conclusion that this is highly likely an early pre-production piece to test out using doll eyes instead of the final sculpted eyes. Many thanks to Jason and the numerous other knowledgeable collectors who have praised and contributed to the discussion. There are still many questions on what this really is, but it is clear there's more to it than meets the eye. So quite a bit of discussion on Facebook and um, the, uh, the main information comes from Ross Cuddy. So he said... Um, that nothing he knows of matches this as a pre-production item. Most of that kind of playing around would have been done in Cincinnati. Uh, they wouldn't have used foam latex due to its fragility. He doesn't know of any discussions to use doll eyes either. Uh, some pre-production samples are a bit larger in the range that uh, he's described, but so are some production samples as well. It doesn't indicate anything pointing to this piece being pre-production. The lack of copyright info doesn't indicate pre-production as it could be missing for any number of reasons. Process of moulding, purposely removed by the creator, etc. Without provenance, I'd call it a novelty piece of unknown origin at best. Some pre-production pieces get labelled as Supermaster, being slightly larger than production samples, which got people making comparisons and found the same slight size variations in production items. Does foam latex shrink over time? I don't know, but it could have been even larger at the time it was created. And he asks, is Robert Short still around? Because he designed the Yoda puppet and he got the prototype sent from Lucasfilm to Kenner. And, uh, um, and, uh, and Robert Short, I believe, has or certainly had recently that that, uh, that prototype still in his own possession. So a fantastic piece. Yes, some questions to be answered, uh, but it's a really interesting uh, pickup. Well done, Lee. Yeah, absolutely. Um, learned a lot there, Andy. I didn't know half of what you covered there. Pete, 
Lord of Pants. Well, <laughs> um, our guest from a recent podcast, um, I'm going to butcher his name as well, and uh, Narayan, is that how we pronounce it? Or are we pronouncing it in a different way? So we'll pronounce it. That sounds good. Narayan S. Naik. I probably butcher that as well, but anyway, I probably butcher every name, it doesn't matter. He has got some pants. Um, and uh, these are these are always quite, I don't know, a little bit unsure about collecting pants, but I guess if they're all sealed in a nice box, they actually look pretty cool. Um, yeah, he's um, he, he said on uh, the uh, Beyond the Toys group, finally able to acquire a sealed Luke Jedi Underoos set. I've been searching for ages. And he's put pictures up there and showed here with a loose shirt and honorary Jedi Knight certificate. Now, now that he said there's an honorary Jedi Knight certificate, now I'm intrigued. And it's like, that is, that sounds awesome. But, uh, yeah, um, Underoos, such an oddity. I mean, we, we kind of, we've not, we have touched on them over the years, but in no great detail. Anyone will have out of interest a set of Underoos. Uh, I can just clarify, Pete, that I've never touched on Underoos. <laughs> Well, I've, got, I've got pants, but they're not they're not they're not Star Wars underoos. Pants, just pants. Yeah. I, I I think that I think yeah. these are great. I'm wearing a pair of pants right now. Well, that's good, Jason. Keeps things in 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 you know good areas. Anyone else have any underoos? No, just another one in pants. Thankfully, they weren't sold in the UK, so that's an area of collecting I don't have to go into. Like I said, Andy, we're gonna to have to find gonna to have to find some some UKs. But this uh, this set that uh, Narayan has got is fantastic. It's even got the uh, it's even got the little sort of shop label in there, five ninety nine. Uh, but yeah, worth checking those those images out because I think the actual uh, front image with Luke Skywalker on is fantastic. So they've got the Turner Jedi logo um, at, at an angle, and they've got Luke Skywalker done in his own type face, the Luke Skywalker type face, fantastic with. A B-wing shooting down a Tie Fighter, which is very interesting. I mean, I can't remember that bit, but uh, we do with Luke Skywalker. But hey, there we go. Maybe he did fly around the B-wing. How are we gonna, you know, go against that sort of information? But I have to say, I, I think it's pretty cool. I, I like the the blue, the, the kind of like black collar and trim. But it's the Jedi Knight certificate. I mean, that's just so unfair. It's so unfair that uh, that. Um, according to the certificate, which has the name Floyd Grimm on it. And it was a bit strange. Not quite sure whether that's a genuine thing or that was just kind of like a generic name that was upon there. But Floyd Grimm, if you're out there, um, um, stay away from me. Strange name. But yeah, what a great little, little pickup that is. But yeah, underoos. One day we're going to have to do underoos. Uh, really go into depth about them. But a uh, fantastic little pickup there. Yeah, really nice pick up there now, Ryan. Let's head over to the quiz now. Um, I believe, Andy Preston, we are coming over to you. We are. And today's quiz is uh, what I'm calling Count Dooku Down. So Count Dooku Down is based upon the popular Channel 4 televisual quiz show Countdown, of course. And... <laughs> Yeah, you're not going to get us any maths because I'm rubbish. That's that's the one. There, there might be some maths involved. Unless it's like two plus four, then I might get it. <laughs> well, we, 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 we shall see. But you you are all going to need pen and paper. So if you don't have pen, <sighs> pen and paper, and pen. can you go and get that now, please? I've got I've got three pens and paper. Okay, everybody has pens. Everybody has pens. paper. 
Let's play Count Dooku Down. Okay, we're going to go in two teams. So I'm putting Jason and Rich together. And in true Countdown fashion, we are going to have a Countdown conundrum. So Jason Jason and Rich, you are Team Corsinja. That's uh, your your names put together and jumbled up. Corsinja. And Pete and Andy, you are Teeny Pad. Teeny Pad. That sounds bad. Teeny Pad. That sounds medical. I like teeny pad. Yeah. That sounds very medical, if you ask me. Teeny pad and course oh, in jar. A, you need to put a teeny pad on that. What? That will avoid chafing. <laughs> the mind boggles. So, team course in jar, you are going to go first. And we have got two letters rounds each for each team. And same as on countdown, you've all seen it. I'm going to read you out the letters. When you've got all the letters, we're going to start the 30-second timer. The longest word you can make from those letters, well, we'll, we'll win. Uh, basically, if, uh, if, if you can put a five-letter word together, you get five points, six-letter words, six points, etc., etc. And just to give a Star Wars twist, there is, within all of these letter games, there is a Star Wars word or a Star Wars name. If you can find any Star Wars word or name, whether it's the one I'm thinking of or anything else, then I will double those points. It's going to go badly, isn't it? So any word, any word at all, you score the same number of points as you've got letters. If it's a Star Wars word, you score two points per letter. So, Team Corsinjar, are you ready? Yes. Your letters are as follows. T, Tango. R, Romeo, D, Delta, Z, Zulu, O, Oscar, H, Hotel, E, Echo, M, Mike, and A, Apple. Sounds like a name anyway. Have you got all those? Yeah. Right, yeah. the count, the countdown timer is starting. You can confer. This is just for your side, so uh, uh, feel feel free to discuss between yourselves. <laughs> it, I mean, it does look like a it does look like a Star Wars name. It could it could be called like Dennis Trezormia. Uh, Ten seconds. Yeah, there's only there's only three vowels. Um, Jason, if you come up with anything, I mean, Darth's in the Death Zone as well. I've got five letters. Yeah, I've got fives. I'm not very good at the numbers game. Oh, there is the. It's not the countdown music, but that is the that is the times up music. I've got a six. If we're allowed I've to play, got a six. I've got a six now. Yeah, six. no, this is just for Corsinjar. Your oh. turn will come, Timmy. Oh. Right. Okay. So, Team Corsinjar, what do you have? You've got Darth. Yeah. Put that in. That's ten. Yeah, we'll play Darth. Darth counts as a Star Wars word. That is ten points. Well done, yeah. guys. My my non my non Star Wars word was roamed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had I had mother. I, that is all in there. I had mother. That was... Mother, that's in there as well. Well done, guys. Mother. Oh, it, it would be a Star Wars word because you can have Mother Tamsin, what her name is. See, there we go. You can't have Darth and Vader. They're not a mother. Yeah, but... <laughs> 
a tad too tenuous that one, Pete. I, I'm, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the judge of whether it's a Star Wars word or Shocking. not. And I, I am I am a harsh judge. Yeah, you are sound very harsh. Uh, team Teeny Pad. Pens, po- pens poised. It's gonna be bad. Teeny Pad here. Okay. V Victor. F Foxtrot. O Oscar. E Echo. I Indigo. Y you uh, Yankee, Yankee, thank you. I couldn't <laughs> couldn't think of it. C Charlie, N November, and A Apple. <laughs> right, your timer is starting now. It's tough, isn't it? Oh, is that a? I've got a good word, but now start. Fifteen. Star Wars words. Ten. Uh, five. I've got oh, I've got a Star Wars five. Well, if you're better than me, then I've got five, but no Star Wars ones. I've got a I've got a f- uh, teeny pad. You have a, a Star Wars word. I've got a Star Wars word. I've got I've got a longer. You can you, you can confer. You can discuss between yourselves what. So you was it a point forward. a point a letter if it's not Star Wars and two points a letter if it's Star Wars? Well, I've got I've got Yavin. Yeah, nice. Well, that's two got, points a letter. So I that's better than anything I've got. Yeah, and I've got novice for a, a which is six, but must yeah, so Yavin, you're better off with Yavin for ten, aren't you? Yeah, might as well. I mean, can we can we get Yavin four out of that? No, we can't get Yavin four. Oh no, we can we can, can't we? Why? Right, so yeah. it's not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can we get you have an IV out of that? No, we've only one V. Twice, come mm. on, take a point off. Oh, <laughs> come on. Yavin is Yavin is good. Yavin is a score for ten points. That is yeah, ten points each. Excellent. So we are back to Team Corsinjar. Uh, here is your letters, uh, starting with U, uniform. A, apple. N November G Golf B Bravo O Oscar R Romeo E Echo and G Golf Your time is starting now fifteen Gosh. ten Five. Oh. Team Corsinger, your time is up. Come on, I'll just take. I've got a six, but I've got no Star Wars word. You got six as well. I've got beggar. I've got banger. I had banger as well. Yeah, I've got I've orange. I've got orange. Yeah, orange. I think I've got a Star Wars word. Oh, and ooh, Andy. So let, let's uh, let's have Team Corsinjar first. What are you declaring? But beggar's definitely in the dictionary. Is banger in the dictionary? I don't know. Beggar definitely. Yeah, banger. Yeah, banger's a word. Yeah. yeah, beggar, banger. Both of those are good words. Both of those score six points. Well done, keep Team Corsinjar. What's what's the name of the six-breasted lady? <laughs> 
Is it UN? If it's UN, no, it's, no, it's Gargan. So it's two A's. Yeah. Uh, it's not in there. It's close. It's close. The, 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 the name that is in there, it's close. It's Grogu. Oh. No, he's gone modern suddenly. He was having Mother Towson, but he was eating out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, with that. yeah. Well, ta- Mother. Even though, even though it wasn't around anyway. Towson would have been fine, Mother not. Oh, he got Darth in there. It's not fair. <laughs> okay, Team Teeny Pad. Your letters E echo. E echo again. Oh. S Sierra, R Romeo, A Apple, P Papa, D Delta, S Sierra, and B Bravo. Crikey, that's a and lot your of time. Is starting <clears throat> now. One of the same words. <laughs> that's fifteen seconds. That's 10 seconds. Oh, I think I've got a word. I've got a Star Wars That's word. five yeah. seconds. A seven-letter word, but no Star Wars. Yeah, I've got a seven-letter word as well. Your time, gentlemen, is up. Oh, 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 I've got a Star Wars word. Oh, good man. Yeah, well, tell me what it is, because you, you might be... Right. You, you went mad the last time. <laughs> I've got... I've got... I've got pressed... No, I've got depress, which is the same, isn't it? Well, the Star Wars word, perhaps just slightly a little bit tenuous. Go on. Considering we've been to Echo and seen the general. Ooh, I've got beards. Well. I know, I've got a proper one. I've got a proper one. A spe- spear. Sabre. Oh, oh, oh. What about sabres? Sabres, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, of course we're good. Two S's, isn't it? Sabres. Yeah. That's less tenuous than beards. Yeah. And that's yeah. seven letters as well. Coming in just a little bit late, but I've got to allow it. Um, S-A-B-R-E-S. That is six letters. Uh, but that is that that is a Star Wars word. That gets Sabres. you 12 points. Oh, just in there last minute. Right. We move on to the numbers round. Now, the numbers round, I'm going to give you clues to numbers in the Star Wars universe. Those numbers <laughs> must be then be added or subtracted or multiplied or divided in order to get you to a finishing total. Now, I want you all to do this separately, independently. So both teams, all four of you, and the team that gets the right answer will score 10 points. Or if you're within 10 of the correct answer, you will score five points. Okay, are you ready? No. The the first number that you're looking for is MTV. That's your clue, MTV. Right, that's your first number. Now, you've multiplied that by the Bounty Hunter who wears the leather coat. And this is a vintage quiz, Jason. Oh, he's gone vintage again now. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm stuck on the first one. <laughs> <laughs> Can't 
Come on, you must get the first one. I know what three and four are. <laughs> even I've got the first one, and I'm thick. Uh, I'm, I'm stuck on the second one. You've got the leather coat. I've got that one. Okay. Uh, we, can, we can combine. Oh, I'm yeah. wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. It's not the one with the leather coat. That's the modern version. Oh, okay. Uh, no, I go, yes, it is. Okay. It's, yeah, yes, it's in, in, in vintage terms, it's the bounty hunter with the leather coat. Okay, what's his, yeah, what's yeah. his name? That bloke. That bloke. So MTV times <laughs> bounty hunter with a leather coat. And that gets you to a number. That number you are going to add to the number of the Moss Isley docking bay, the famous one. Oh, crikey on a stick. <laughs> <sighs> what was that? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that must be that one. Yeah. Have you any Star Trek questions? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's that number. Okay, so you should have a number written down, I hope. Well, I hope so. So, so I have a number. That number, can you then please take away the XP that meant Luke's land speeder was no longer in demand? Oh, for goodness sake. Since the XP something came out, they're just no longer in demand. Well, it doesn't really matter that I don't know the first one anymore. (laughs) So the, the number that you've reached, you then need to add... The model number of the X-Wing fighter. (laughs) What? The X-Wing fighter is a T-something. Oh, my goodness. The X-Wing fighter is a T-something. And from that number, you need to take away FX. (laughs) FX what? Uh. Easy one, that one. So you should now have (laughs) a final number written down. So (laughs) coming to Team Corsinger first, Jason, what number have you got written down? Well, I've only got the the first two numbers and the last number. So So you do you want to have do you want to have a guess? I can guess what the number's going to be because what I've got written down is going to be anywhere well, throw, near. Throw me, throw me a number because if you get within 10, then you get five points. 96. Right. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Rich. Right. I thought I had it spot on until you mentioned the T16, so I'm mixed up with my land speeders. Um, my number's 164. Okay. Uh, and Team Teeny Pad, Pete. Uh, I have no idea, but I have a number which is one four six. Okay, and Andy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm gonna. Go, well, the number I've got is um, fifty-seven. 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 Righto. Let me give you the answers. So MTV, of course, is the MTV seven. Okay, got that bit. Yes, no, got that wrong. The bounty hunter who wears the leather coat, of course, four is four L O M. Okay, I got that bit. Four. Well. Twenty eight. I've got that one. Yeah, I was doing well there. Mossy docking bait is ninety-four. Okay, I got that one then. That was good. Twenty-eight plus ninety-four gives you one two two. Okay, I was on I was on track there. Take away the land speeder. It's the XP thirty-eight. Ah. No idea. XP thirty-eight gets you to eighty-four. The model of the X-Wing. It's the T-65. Oh, I actually got that bit. 
T65X Swing. That takes you to 149. Take away FX. Anybody want to give it to me? FX, FX, take away FX7. The answer is 142. Oh, I wasn't far then. Pete, I don't know how you came up with it. You were four away. You score five points. Well done, Pete. What I got wrong was the. Hang on, I got the. The XP one matters up or not. I got the X Wing, but where did I go wrong there? I don't know. Somewhere. There There was some bit. I think it was the land speed thing. I had no idea what that was. It's just like, what is he on about there? I didn't remember. Yeah, Doc and B. Yeah, when he said T6 and then said said it, I thought, oh no, it's another number. Doc and B94, because there's somebody on Star Wars Formula UK uses DB94. Yeah, 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 I got got 94. It was just that that last, that land speed of nonsense. I did quite well, I was quite happy about that. Although at first we said leather cape, coat, I thought, what's he talking about? He's got a leather coat. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, but I thought there's no there's no um there's no number in Zuckus. All on right. Zuckus. All on Zuckus. No, it's definitely Zuckus. I think you got that wrong, Andy. Zuckus. There's no number it's in all it. On. Yeah. No, it's definitely Zuckus. Yeah, you you you're thinking modern Pete there, I'm afraid. No, no, it's definitely Zuckus. Right. So with the scores as they stand, Team Corsinger have Come 16, on. Team Teenyped have 27. Oh! Now we come to the countdown conundrum, the oh, first countdown nice. conundrum. Now, we, this is all playing at the same time. <laughs> this is not going to shout, shout out whatever you want. You can have as many goes as you like, but the first team member to get the correct answer gets 10 points. <laughs> Okay, are you ready? Nope. Pens poised. Pens are poised. S for Sierra. E for Echo. Shout out at any time. H for Hotel. T for Tango. T for Tango again. A for Apple. R for Romeo. D for Delta. A for Apple. Death Star. Very good. Well done, Andy, jumping in. Ten points to Team (sighs) Teeny Pad, racing (laughs) ahead. Look at that. Well done, Andy. That's a cracker. I like the Scrabble. Yeah, this is good. This is good. Team Teeny Pad, 37. Team Corsinger, 16. But we have the same to go again, so it could all turn around. Okay, so we are back to the words round, and we are back to Team Corsinger. Okay, same as before, there is a Star Wars word hidden within this. If you can find that, then it or, or another Star Wars word, not necessarily the one I'm thinking of. Uh, can I can I play my joke record here? Right, <laughs> on our second round, right, we used the word beggar, and I want to invoke that as a Star Wars word for beggars canyon. Ah, but we uh, didn't have beggars. Yeah, beggars would have been a Star Wars word. Beggar. Is oh, not... he's got not. Oh, Obi Wan was all his points away for that. To uh, to coin a phrase from Mr. Hutchinson. Yeah, it's not... um, duck points. Duck points. Duck points. Take points away. Yes, yeah, very very close, Rich. Thin ice now. Okay, pens poised. I'm poised. Poised to pens. I indigo. This is Team Corsinger, remember. So the first letter is I indigo. O, Oscar. G, Golf. B, Bravo. S, Sierra. 
N, November. K, Kilo. E, Echo. And T, Tango. And your time <laughs> is starting now. That's, That's an easy one. Is it? Oh, I've got Star Wars one. That's 15. I've got five lots of Star Wars. 10. Um, I am hopeless at these. I've five. That is your time up, Team Corsinger. I love that ring. <laughs> Very Star Warsy. Right. So, what word have you got to declare between the two of you? Well, I've got, I've got snow. Snow. Yeah. That's good. That's not what I was thinking of, but that is a Star Wars word, definitely. That would score you ten points. I, any, any advance on snow? Can't be that. I had skinned. I've, I've right. got it, Andy. I've got it. Snoke. I, it is ten points to Team Corsinjar. Kenobi! Kenobi! Kenobi, yes. Kenobi, he's got it. Good start. I had a a good word. I had a seven-letter word. I had besting. There we go. Oh, very good. Is it beasting? Besting? Yeah, besting. Besting. Right. Team Teeny Pad, are you ready? Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. on. Mm, I think I might be... uh, I've got 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 another bit of paper. Gone gone too early. Yeah. Yeah, have you... Go on. Are you there? I'm here. Papers ready. ready. Right. Okay. E. Echo. O. Oscar. Yes. D. Delta. T. Tango. V. Victor. P. Papa. A. Apple. L. Lima. M. Mike. Your time. <laughs> Has started. I'm good at the non-Star Wars words. Not very good at the Star Wars words. Any Star Wars words, Andy, coming to mind? Oh no, I said the other ones. Crikey! I've got ten. Oh, I've got I've got seven letters. Five. I've got, I've got a seven-letter word, but it's not Star Wars. And your time is up, gentlemen. Are there any um right. are there any red you know, like uh, squadrons or anything called Delta? Is that a Star I'm, Wars word? I need to press you for an answer. Ask on you, Pete. I, I what do you think? Know. I don't know. I really don't know. I've got a seven letter word. What's your what's your seven? <laughs> Tadpole. <laughs> Any tadpoles in Star Wars? What, what, what was Grogu eating? Frogs. Yeah, he loved his tadpoles. Yeah, yeah he loved a tadpole. Yeah, tadpoles. Darth the, tadpole. There weren't any tadpoles. There were eggs. Even <sighs> if it were eggs, it was that's too generic. That is not a Star Wars word. But tadpole will score you seven points. Uh, that's, that's better. I, I think I would go with that rather than risk the Delta. I would. Right, seven points. Very good, chaps. That'll have to do there. Right. The Star Wars word that I was thinking of, Pete, you are going to kick yourself. Go on. Who do you collect? All sorts. Padme. (laughs) Padme. Padme. 
Uh, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I, think I, I think I was stuck with tadpole to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I think tadpole was a great word. Yeah, would you have counted Delta? Delta Delta Ether Sprite is that a Star Wars ship? Don't know. Anyway, immaterial. We, anyway, immaterial. We move on. Team Corsin Jar. <laughs> Okay, your first letter is T, Tango, L, Lima, G, Golf, R, Romeo, E, Echo, S, Sierra, I, Indigo, A, Apple, B, Bravo. And your time is starting now. Good luck with that, boys. Fifteen, ten, five. I think I've got the star word. Word. Good. What is it? Bluster. The time is up. Right. Bluster. What's up there? Bluster. Yeah, we'll take bluster. Bluster. Blaster is a seven-letter word. Blaster is a Star Wars word that is going to score you 14 points. Very good, Team Corsinger. Right, okay. You've got the best words. You've got the best word. Giblets. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's not Star Wars, but it is a good word. Giblets, come on. That... Giblets and tadpoles has got to make of a meal there. I know. I've, I've just got food animals in my mind. I don't know why. Right. Okay, team teeny pad, see what you can make of this one. E, echo. I, indigo. O, Oscar. J, Java. E, echo. R, Romeo. T, tango. G, golf. And D, Delta. And away you go. On Earth. The short Star Wars word. Yeah, got that one as well. <laughs> 15, 10, 5, And your time is up, teeny pads. <laughs> right. <laughs> Stupid thing. <laughs> I've got a non What do we? Words. What got... do we? What do we have to declare, teeny pads? Come on, we got Andy. Jedi. Jedi. I've got. Jedi. I've got. Obviously, go for that because I've got editors. A lot. The longest word I could get, but you know, editors in Star Wars. No uh, well, there the, the might be, but it's not a. It's not what I would define as a Star what about, Wars What about word. Ridge? The only other word I got was Ridge, but again, a bit tenuous. I'm sure there's yeah. a Ridge in Tatooine. <laughs> yeah, uh, Walker's sighted on the North Ridge. Oh, that's no. the one, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's in there, Andy. You've that's got to have tenuous. It. That is too tenuous. Jedi, <laughs> I can as a Star Wars word. Are you going to go with that one? Yeah, we'll have Jedi. We're going to go with Jedi. Jedi scores you eight points. The other Star Wars word that's in there that you could have had, 
Uh, Eta Chota Solo. Greedo. Greedo. Oh, oh didn't Sophius know say it? Tie for tie fate, does it as well. Uh, so, Team Corsinjar, you have caught up a bit. Corsinjars, you are on 40. Teeny Pants, you are on 52. Oof, it does good. <laughs> Can very, we squeeze it out? Very good. Uh, now, I think the numbers round, I think I've got one in here that's a bit too tricky. So just give <laughs> oh, me... The last one was easy. Based, based, on the, based on the last one. Come on, just do it anyway. It'd be hilarious. Come you're, on. Never, you're never going to get this. No, just, on, just it'd give, be funny, though. Just give me a minute. I'll think, I'll think of another one. You're taking the mini rigs out for me, are you? <laughs> go on, go on, just do it. Because, I mean, you know, it can't be any worse than the last one. Oh, oh, go on then. Go on then. Go we'll, on. We'll, we'll, go on. we'll see. It. We'll see how you get on. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. So, are you all ready? Same basis. No. I want you all to play independently, and then give me your scores at the end. <laughs> so the first clue that your starting number, the IG droid in the Empire Strikes Back. Yes! Yeah, he's got that one. Come on. Multiplied by... <laughs> 4,000 million. Divided by the IG droid in The Mandalorian. Oh, God. Come on, you must get that, Andy. I think I can. I've got a sieve-like brain. It does nothing sticks in there. Right. I think I, I think I do know that, and it divides. <laughs> so that works, doesn't it? That's the this, is the one that, this is the one that's going to throw you. Plus... The model of the snow speeder. Oh. <laughs> plus what? Plus plus the snow model. Oh my god! It's an it's another T T something. It's the it's the T something air speeder. So you're gonna we're adding that, are we? Whatever number that is. You're adding that to the number you had previously. <laughs> Could be anything. So we're what, just gonna. What add was the X wing? Anything. X wing was T sixty five. Okay, well I won't put sixty five. Just put it's always under a hundred, isn't it? So. It's the it's the T something air speeder. <laughs> I might actually know this one. Believe it or not. Because they um they were talking about some Rebel Force Radio, Andy. Come on, think back. They were on Rebel Force Radio talking about air speeders. They were, weren't they? But um yeah, I come on. It's just all nonsense. Yeah, it, it was in fact it was called by this name in Kenobi. Empire Strikes Back IG droid divided by the Mandalorian IG droid. Day. Plus the model of the snow speeder. That's okay, where we've got good. to so far. Okay. Mult- multiply that number you've got now by the golden protocol droid. <laughs> right. Right. I'm going to assume okay. the number's too high then because it's no Yeah, I'm going for that. that t- I'm going for that too, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> are we using all. Uh, yeah, I guess we are. Okay. The number you've got there, divide by. A S T. You've got well, mini ribs in you again. It doesn't divide by that number, so I'm clearly not right. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, so we're dividing it. You're dividing it by A S T F N. Oh, God, what was his number again? Finn. The Force Vegans. F N. F N. Which is also the pressure maintenance hatch on the Death Star trash compactor. <laughs> Same number. Ah, I've given it away now. You haven't. Corsinjar, 
first. Jason, what is your number, please? 253. 253, thank you. Rich, what's your number? 2,199. Okay. Pete? I've got 2,220. Okay. And Andy? I suspect I've misheard one of your sums. (laughs) 25. (laughs) (laughs) We had to to add to the FN twenty one eight seven, don't we? So. Oh, is it like a? Okay, I died. Remember no, Finn? Remember Finn? I can't remember. I've got him as Finn seven. <laughs> <laughs> right. So the answers were the Empire Strikes Back IG droid, of course, is eighty eight. The Mando IG droid is eleven. Eighty eight divided by eleven is eight. I got that bit. Yeah. The, sn- the snow speeder is the T forty seven. Yes. Yes. T-47 multiplied by the golden protocol droid. He's only got one number in his name. That is three. Oh, I got 30 there. It seems to be P-0. Multiplied by three. That gets you to 165. Divide that by the AST. That's the mini rig, AST-5. Yes. 165 divided by five is 33. Yeah. Plus FN, FN-2187 gets you two, Pete. Two, 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 oh. Two 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 zero. Oh. Pete, In you are spot your on. Faces. What was, what was Finn? Did you get it right exactly? Two one eight seven. Yeah, he's. Two, yep. on, I've got all his figures. Pete is exactly <laughs> come right. on. Good. Yeah, impressive. Very good. Well, Pete, you were spot on. Rich, you were only twenty one away, so not too bad. Jason and Andy, I don't know where you guys were. <laughs> I, got, I got CP three zero. I got thirty from that. Uh, no, it's an O. It's an O, not a zero. C3TO. Looks the same. Has he just learnt that 40 years later? No, I just. You know, <laughs> my mind's not focused. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the scores we have Team Corsinjar on 40. We have Team Teeny Pad on 62. So Team oh. Teeny Pad are the winners. Yes. There is 10 points for the conundrum. Team Corsinjar, you are playing for Pride. Can you get the countdown conundrum? Oh dear. Same rules. Shout out as early as you like. First team to shout out the correct answer gets the points. So, S for Sierra. Another S for Sierra. That's incorrect. E for Echo. L for Lima. M for Mike. Y for Yankee. Oh, Oscar, that is correct. Who was that? Jason. That was right. Jason, yeah. What was it? Mos Eisley. Mos Eisley. That was Jason. He is on four. Very good, Jason. Well done, sir. That lifts you to a very respectable score of 50. Oof. With Team Teeny Pad just a little ahead on 62. Congratulations all. I think everybody did very well there. Round of applause all round. Well done. Good quiz, Andy. We like that. <laughs> Thank you. Very good. Random numbers. Loving that. Yeah, great quiz, that Andy. And uh, well done, um, Team Teeny Pads. Um, you know, maybe uh, that's a bit of a premonition for something that you might need in a few years' time. But let's move <laughs> over to Rebel Beefins. <laughs>
too. I found them! Alive! Romancing the Star Destroyer. And or another thing. There were kids on that Death Star. Potential paper peril. Bounty Hunter comes home. Lumpy or Stumpy? The Rebel base is on a moon on the far side. We are preparing to orbit the planet. Echo Base, this is Road 2, I found them. Um, I wonder if this is about Echo Live, boys. Let's get into it. Well, absolutely is, Pete. I've been quite quiet lately because I've been super busy with work. But I know that all you guys have been down to Echo. You've had a wonderful time. And it's time for you to tell me all about it. So who's going to kick off first? And I think what I'd like to know most about is the stall and who you met and who you interacted with and swag and that kind of stuff. So who wants to kick off with that? Who didn't we interact with? I went down on the Friday and I kind of stay in the Holiday Inn, which is right next to the train station and right next to the Kingfisher uh, Centre where the where the setup is. Went in there on Friday to find our table, um, which I did. So we had two tables together and they kind of have an L shape. So uh, Pete was really keen that we had wall space. So I managed to do a bit of uh, table trading with... Um, with Adam who organizes it and uh, managed to get us a little bit of little bit of wall space on a on a big collecting beam, which also looked onto uh the, the signing table for General Medine, uh Dermot Crowley. So I was very happy that I had a view of the general for, for the next day for uh, for the whole of the the whole of the the event. Um Jason Jason, were you lovingly staring at him all day? I, I went over several times. We did all we did we did all do a mass bow at one point. It's a great picture of him standing there with us all in a kind of semicircle round him, bowing on the floor, which uh, I will treasure always. Um, and I got the first autograph of the day off him as I went over. And I actually saw him in the hotel, in one of the hotels on Friday night. And I kind of said over, went over and said, um, it's really good you're here. And, you know, obviously the fan, you know, the, the, the General Medine Sexy Club fan club are all here. And there will be a bit of shenanigans going on, but you will take probably two or three times as much in, autographs and signatures that you would normally take and he did say at the end of the show i said how, how was your day and he was like i've had the best day ever in terms of signing stuff so i think he was very pleased but our table so yeah so um we had the the vintage rebellion banner out for the first time um in several years so that was kind of stretching across the table and then we had lots of vintage giveaways we had uh, pete's amazing bootleg vhs which is probably one of the most Probably the most amazing bit of swag uh, the Vintage Rebellion have done. And then Andy Preston had uh, bookmarks and stickers and various other things. I had some badges and stuff. And Pete had a pile of posters left over that he was giving away. So we had, so we had a great selection of swag we were giving away. And then the rest of the table was just piled high with all the vintage stuff that we were selling. So I had a pile of vintage. Preston had a pile of vintage. And, and then Spoons turned up with all his vintage, and Pete turned up with us. So the table was absolutely stacked high. Um, Pete oh. had a My Little Pony. And Pete had a little pony. Did he it sell went. it? It went. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, in terms of us having an event together since since uh, me, me, Andy, and um, Spoons joined, we haven't really had an event where almost all of us been together. We've had a big stand. I think that was really good, and it was really good for – kind of bringing bringing the team together so that was really good in terms of swag i mean yeah i mean the 
there was there was an awful lot of good swag there as well. So uh, you know, I, I, I've got a rundown of all the swag that I kind of picked up. So Andy Preston uh, made us all um, another round of Vintage Rebellion shirts. I've got a shirt and a baseball cap. There's the bootleg VHS, which I'm I'm going to have to go out. Pete, I'm going to have to go out and buy a video recorder and good, wire good. It my my brand new 8K samsung qleg telly to uh, see what's on the tape because I've, I've got no idea so i've got to, got to do that i've got all the wires for it i just need the vhs player now so definitely going to do that bowman screen were there they had little mini rig stickers i got a pack of those which was very nice and a return of the jedi command satellite sticker love the command satellite so i've got a sticker for that there was a little pack of star badges with like palatoy and kenner logos on it and then somebody was doing a bag that said, I survived Echo Live, which is really good. Andy Preston had his his badge for his website. Um, I had one that just said, uh, it's only the general, I think it said, it's only the general, all hail Medine or something. So I had a kind of general Medine badge. There was a pack of Rancor Keeper tissues. So tissues for the, the deceased Rancor, which is very nice. Somebody else had uh, another VHS kind of uh, stash box which either had Echo Base on the front of it or there was another one for General Medine, which uh, I'm still looking for. And there was an Echo Live secret swag box, which is very nice. I have an open mind, don't know what's in it. And then there was, from the Sexy Club, there was stickers, there was a bookmark. There was a set of slides, which were really good. So the actual slides, you could put in a slide projector with pictures of Medine on it, which were really excellent. And then there was the, um, the Colouring Cricks Medine card bag. So it's a, it's a card bag that's all in... Um, you know, outline with white, and it comes with a pack of pencils, and you have to colour it in, and then post it on the the Echo Group, and then the winner gets a signed card back from uh, Dermot Crowley on it. And um, yeah, so I I, I coloured mine in yesterday and sent it off, and I'm I'm competing against. It seems to be exclusively children, so I hope that gives me some kind of advantage. So looking at their <laughs> beat end, them kids, Jason, beat them. There's there's is much better. So anyways, there was that, and then. Dan Turl there with his uh, Lobot Loves You badge and a Lobot bookmark. And then lastly, I got a signed picture from uh, from the general himself. And he, he, I got him to write, it's only the general, Mr. Palatoy, um, signed uh, McCrowley. I've got that framed and up on the wall of my stairs next to, uh, right next to Slave Lair, Carrie Fisher, autograph, and uh, next to Boba Fett. So Boba Fett, Princess Lair, and the general. So fantastic swag. Um, does anybody else want to talk about um, some aspects of Echo, the kind of size of the event and kind of trading traders that were going on? Um, Mr. Preston? Yeah, I mean, as ever, it's a uh, an absolute must event for a vintage collector well, and a modern collector, really, by all sorts there. Stuff from pennies up to thousands of pounds on sale. You know, you, you see stuff there that you just don't see anywhere else uh, in terms of rarity and value. You can pick up almost anything you want uh, in the in the Star Wars field. Loads and loads of people there. I mean, as uh, as, as you said, Jason, it's uh, you know, it, it it would take too long to go through all the people that we chatted with and bantered with and uh, and sold and bought from. But uh, so many people, you all know who you are, and, and fantastic to catch up with so many star wars fans and collectors it really is a great community to be a part of the guests we've heard all about the general but uh, the other guests were a, a really good selection this time uh, they had bill hargreaves 
who was the prop maker and he made a lot of the droids and other bits and pieces. Uh, so he he's the guy who built IGTA to the probe droid, the DB-99 and so on. Uh, with him was Kathy Munro, who played, again, I've got to, got to be careful here, the vintage for Lom uh, or the modern Zuckus. Uh, we had Rusty Goff. Um, Rusty was a Jawa and in the cantina he also played um, Cabe uh, and I think he was a power droid as well. Paul Jericho, who was an ATAT driver in Empire. Uh, Joe Gibson, a stuntman and Mark Hamill's stand-in. Laurie Good, who was a stormtrooper. He is the stormtrooper who bumped his head, and he's absolutely assured that he is that guy, and also plays Sorin in the cantina. Uh, we had Chris Bunn, another stormtrooper. Uh, then we had Quentin Pierre, who played a Bespin guard. He's the guy, uh, the, the black guy who's uh, pushing Han Solo in carbonite along through the, uh, um, the the hallways in Cloud City. And in, in uh, Return of the Jedi, he played an Emperor's Royal Guard as well. So great selection of guests, um, several of which um, I'd not met before. So I got uh, five new autographs on my poster. That was lovely. Another thing uh, which marked out this event as a little bit different was the minute silence that was held for Craig Bullen, which was beautifully respected. Craig, a very active and liked member of the Echo group who passed away very unexpectedly um, just two or three weeks before the Echo Live event. Uh, so many people on Echo knew Craig. Um, he was an outstanding member. He'd helped the group out, uh, contributed to so many fundraising efforts, had a really good sense of humour. Um, he he would banter with the best. Um, he would um, flood the page with gifts uh, whenever he could. Very generous guy. So many people saying that he'd uh, you know he donated stuff to them, to their collections, or to their kids. An absolutely doting father. He'd got um, a son um, who had uh, disabilities. And um, they were so, so close, uh, those two, and absolutely a lot of love there. So as a mark of respect, Echo had a minute silence for Craig just before the raffle, beautifully observed, um, and some lovely words said about Craig as well. So that, that, was, uh, that, that, that was a really nice touch. Other than that, yeah, the raffle just mentioned, an enormous raffle, Dozens and dozens and dozens of prizes. Uh, lots of people got away happy with some very, very nice stuff. They also had the collector's case made by Collector Displays, Sir Drew Tegg, uh, which was filled with a full run of 96 figures, all of which had been donated by Echo members. And they'd raffled that off and made a lot of money. So uh, that, that was there to be uh, given away and picked up by the, the very lucky winner. Fantastic day, very long day on your feet all day um, trading and talking to people. So uh, very tiring um, and uh, took me a long time to get home because there was a hole up on the motorway on the way back. But uh, yeah, lovely day to look back on. Lots of great stuff, lots of purchases, lots of nice swag and lots of lovely, lovely people to talk to. In in the evening after that, when you were on the way home, uh, I went to uh, the Echo the Echo Curry, which is uh, a very nice curry house in Redditch and uh, yeah that was uh, that was quite nice so uh, curry for I think it was curry for about 60 70 80 I don't know it's a they filled most of a restaurant now so uh, it was really good I think, okay well, well you guys have said it was it was really good I've never never been behind a stall before at one of these shows other than just holding the fort where someone nips out for a wee or whatever and yeah I, I really enjoyed myself I spoke to that 
so many more people because you're in that sort of fixed position. And it was so nice meeting loads of the listeners. And I know there's far too many people to mention, but and meeting people like actually Zia, so Zia Resvi, been in touch with online for years, but never met in the flesh. So it's finally got to meet him face to face and gave me a lovely TIE fighter. Um, actually, I didn't thank Pete earlier as well. I did me a good deal on some uh, Starburst magazines that I've forgotten I picked up from uh, from Echo. But Craig Pope was another um, another listener that we were chatting to for a while. And Alistair and his son had come down from Scotland. And just just the enthusiasm for from everybody for the day. Just thought, yeah, it's such, such a such a brilliant event. Um, I, I did great. I, I didn't bring that many, you know, I think a rucksack full of... Uh, full of items to sell, sold most of them. Also bought the Roly kit as seen on Andor, expecting to be a little bit like Jason Joyner, screen used prop. Very little interest. No one even noticed it. But you know, it's a, it's a good it's a good day. I did like on the stall how we all ended up um because all our stuff was jumbled together, we ended up just cross selling every stuff. So that was yeah. uh, that was quite fun. Yeah, we're selling Andy Andy press and stuff. Yeah, underselling Andy's stuff. <laughs> We were literally just giving it away. He wouldn't have known. We don't tell him, like. Yeah, that 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 Palatoy thirty back Boba Fett card back you had, Jason, that I sold for a fiver. That that, that guy was very pleased. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did have one of those back in the day, and I remember it was the first first place I'd ever sold card backs. Uh, it was in the Essen Essen celebration, and I remember Darren Simpson looking at this card, and I had it priced at fifty pounds, and he was just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, obviously now that would be a complete steal, but I did have one back in the day that I sold. Yeah, just just talking about uh, the people. I mean, I mean, I love that that sort of event is my is my bread and butter. I love it because I mean, I had lots of tat to give. I mean, Star Wars collectibles to get just get rid of. I had a bunch of stuff that you know, uh, if you end up buying Episode One stuff, get your Amidala item, you get a Darth Maul and uh, something else with it. So uh, I always take that stuff along and just just get either give it away, you know, do deals. And, you know, I, I think uh, I think most people <laughs> came to our table, especially kids at the end, just grabbing all sorts of stuff. Because I had a load of trading cards from a, a modern set, hundreds of them, uh, which I'd got in a in a you know a deal for hardly anything. So I didn't mind giving that stuff away. Like I said, got, got rid of all the posters um that i've done so i had a bunch of posters they're all gone which is fantastic so uh we'll have to do some more at some stage but um yeah the the video which got people excited so we thought now this i'm kind of blaming you jason for this because you we we did decide to do a video box um just just a cover and a box and we could put swag in so andy had said he'd done a bunch of swag and i had a load of badges left over from previous celebrations so I thought, oh, we could, you know, and, and those trading cards and, you know, Tazos or whatever. I thought we could make up a little boxes. And then Jay said, oh, look, someone else is doing one. And it's like, oh, we had to go one step further. So me and Chris Porteous decided to actually make an actual video. So a proper video. So it was a case of I'd, I'd got loads of cases from Facebook Marketplace, hardly anything. I think I spent about 20 quid, I spent more on delivery. Than I did on the actual stuff, and then it was then it's when we started to do the videotape. It's like, oh my goodness, what what have we got ourselves into here? Again, scrounged off people, got people to look into their garages, bought some really cheap tapes online. A guy was selling hundreds of them on eBay. Probably thought it was Christmas when I started buying them for like seven for like one pound twenty. It was crazy. 
so it's all right how are we going to convert it because obviously you can get machines which convert digital uh, vhs to digital dead easy but the other way around with technology available today it's a little bit difficult because video players don't we found we don't have inputs so myself and chris spent an entire weekend plugging things into things because chris um, i chose the videos from youtube we put some videos which we'd done in 2016 at star wars celebration london that I never got around to editing put all that together threw another hours plus of content onto onto the back of it did some graphics chris did some funny animations and stuff and uh, a bit at the end which you'll have to find um and it, we just made this like almost two hour two hour cassette of of bootleg nonsense basically so uh yeah um after a weekend of trying managed to scrounge a tv video combo i've got a couple of videos in the loft managed to collect them all together and finally my <laughs> put create a dvd which is harder than you think these days because trying to find a decent dvd burner and then a decent dvd actual dvd i had a few left over in my for my business and uh yeah it, it, it literally took us a weekend the two of us from canada to the uk trying to get this thing done but then then it was a case of over two weeks just churning i've, I've got a video in my bedroom it's still sitting there just churning away copying tapes and each video had to be made independently and also chris porteous in canada went to an event and also gave i think he did, he did about 10 i think 10 videos 10 vhs's in a canadian format and gave them away in a show in in canada stroke america so it was an international project in the end and i'm just glad it went down so well but there is genuine if you've got one there is genuine content on that on that tape all you boys are on it as well but it's quite funny seeing all you on there like you andy preston <laughs> you mr spoons and obviously jason obviously took it very seriously because we made him but uh it is quite fun to see so many faces from the uh some people we we haven't seen for a long time on there and, well um, i'm definitely gonna have to go out and get a vhs player now <laughs> yeah you do a nice little rendition jason actually on the on the tape you probably forgot about that because that that has not been that's not been seen for six years it, it was just a bit of swag. We thought, you know what, we, we've got to, we've got to do it. We've got to go one step further. But I've got to thank everyone who came by a table. There's a guy on Facebook called Buddy Powell. He's a teacher, so he can't put his real details on online. But um, hopefully, if you listen to this, Buddy Powell, I know that's not your real name. Um, please get in touch because you said you had a possible project you were going to do with the kids with the with with the video, which is quite funny to interview about if you can. But yeah, it just went down really well. I did 30, gave 28 away, got left over with two, one with a manky label and one without a label. Jason, you you need a label on yours as well, so I'll have to I'll have to get you one sorted. I've got a few I've got a few new tapes, so I can do a few more. But it was just overall the whole event was just so positive and fun, and and I think it actually helps that we were given tons of stuff away because it draws people. In. I I don't remember. I think I had one walk around the show. And the entirety of the day, I was talking to people and just having a laugh, trying to sell them rubbish, uh, trying to sell Andy Preston stuff when he wasn't there. Um, just it was just such a good laugh. I think I think it's funny, really... Funniest thing that I gave away was uh, I, I had a stack of beer mats uh, oh, left yeah. from celebrating that I gave away. But when I went, I went to get a drink at the, the nearest the nearest newsagents and I paid for this drink and it was about a pound. I just said, oh. 
can you take these? And she gave me this entire tray for the biscuits, which we put on the front of our table. People love the biscuits. Yeah. Don't have to do that again. People love bis- yeah. free biscuits. Take these biscuits. I was like, okay, yes. But I will implore anyone out there, if you've got some free tat you can either make or just, I mean, there was a couple of kids, you know, there was a lad in a wheelchair. Oh, I think it was a lad. I think it might have been a girl, actually. There was a kid in a wheelchair and a dad was pushing uh, him or her around. And he was kind of like look, looking a bit kind of forlorn. <laughs> I had some stuff which, you know, I couldn't sell. And it was like a bit of fun, some episode one books and a couple of figures, which, you know, weren't worth a great deal. But there's a kid sitting there in a wheelchair looking a bit kind of like worn out. So I just went and filled the bag up with stuff that we had from the table. Don't worry, they didn't give any of your stuff away just in case it was worth anything. But just like, you know what? That kid's like, it looks just like, you know what? No one's given us anything today. And we just filled their bag full of, you know, stuff. And I think that a lot more needs to happen like that. People just need to, you know, take some stuff to give away. Just give it to kids. Because, like, you know... You know, we're in hard times at the moment. I think I think everyone who came to our table probably went away with a big grin on their face. That lad, uh, Andy, you talked about, went from Scotland, came down from Glasgow. I mean, his kid, I don't know, I, I think I took all his money and I must have given him about 30 things out of my box of tat. He loved it. He was loving them. Free nonsense, Tazos, Kellogg's, Freebies, uh, Jason's expensive car backs, uh, everything. He loved it. <laughs> But it was just great to see people really enjoying themselves. And I think if you can do that as a store. So just be wary, guys. I don't have a lot to give away next time. So, you know, just be careful. Now, the uh, the other thing that we did at Echo Live was we set ourselves a little challenge, didn't we? <laughs> now, there, there are two ways that we can go with this. Uh, we can either ask Rich to judge or we can throw it up on our Facebook page and ask our listeners to judge. Who has got the best? Well, tech? you could do both, Andy. You could do both. You could get Richard's opinion. And then does anyone disagree with Richard's opinion? That is a great idea, Pete. So this is resurrecting Gimcrack. Andy, cue the music. Gimcrack, show us your Gimcrack. We value your game crack. Show it to me. Ah, oh, love that tune. That that was Sean Moynihan's <laughs> game crack theme tune. So the the idea of the game crack challenge at Echo Live 2022 was to pick up the best piece of tat. Not best in the best sense. But the best in the what the hell is that sense? Uh, we set a five pound limit. We said it could be absolutely anything, ancient or modern, but it had to be real quality or not quality tat. And I think we all managed to come up with something, didn't we? So who's, who's going to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. You see, I, I didn't think it was going to be modern. So I went down the vintage route. I was going through. I actually had quite good fun because I mean, that was the only time I actually went down the table. So I wasn't buying anything. I just didn't. Yeah, I didn't have the cash and a bad having a bad thought <laughs> at the time. So uh, I thought I'm just there to sell. So I, that was the only thing I paid any money for on the day apart from car parking. So, um, yeah, I was rummaging on the table trying to get people to join in going, well, I've got to find something for a fiver. 
And the best thing, and it just made me laugh when I saw it, so I had to buy it. It was only five pounds. And it was a Max Rebo. I think it was the eraser from the eraser set. So it's quite chunky, um, but it's just wonderfully blue. And, you know, if you can't, I mean, Max Rebo to me is everything about what Gimcrack is. Because it's just, you know, the ultimate piece of cheese, I think. But yeah, it's a little blue thing. It probably weighs, you know, not too much. Um, it fits in your hand. Oh, my goodness. It is beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. But yeah, that's, that's me. Five pound Max Rebo eraser. Fantastic. Yeah, that is top grade gimcrack. Uh, Spoons, what did you come up with? I think you've just thrown something in our, our um, photo chat, haven't you? Yeah, well, I, as I said earlier, I, you know, it's a t- I thought it was vintage as well. So I, I, um, I was struggling and then saw this this Spectrum game on Lee's stall. I thought, oh, that, that will do. But the point of gimcrack is it's not actually something you really want to own. It's going to be awful. And that Spectrum game is really cool. So I thought, no, I can't use that. So I went, went around again. I think I was with you, Andy, wasn't it? It was near the, um, it's when the, uh, the raffle was going on that neither of us won, won anything in. And it was uh, Darren's stall. Yeah, it was either Darren or, or um, Graham Hughes, wasn't it? I think they had stands yeah. next to each other. One of those two. And I just looked down, and there he was, an ill bag, £5 sticker on. I assume it's Wicket. It's just an Ewok head, uh, vintage Ewok head. I didn't actually know what it was, but I took it out. It's um, it's full of sweets. And it's got a sticker on the back, so it's a Tops candy head. Is that is that what they're called? It's still the sweet. I didn't dare eat the sweets. I think they've still got some very decayed tape on the bottom of it. It's, I assume it's it's never been opened, but it's it's horrible essentially. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's on, you know, in the in the spirit of true. Gim crack it's uh, it's on my uh, display shelves it's just behind me in this room it, it is quite disturbing isn't it i think it's a wackling i think it's supposed to be a baby wackling is it's it? got big big black eyes and uh, yeah good yes look into those eyes too long and you'll be sent mad i think <laughs> i think he's been on the sweets hasn't he with those eyes I, I very large has. pupils jason do you want to go next what uh, what have you come up with Got myself a uh, Chewbacca cake candle from Wilton. So uh, you, obviously, if you have a birthday, you want to set fire to Chewbacca, obviously, and uh, it's a Chewbacca candle. I think there's a series of these things that you they, they had carded, and I got the Chewbacca one. So card, so it, so this candle is it in the shape of Chewbacca, or does it smell it like is. Chewbacca? Chewbacca's, Chewbacca's head and shoulders, and there's a big wick at the top, and you basically melt him. Oh, very good. It was sort of Raiders of the Lost Ark style. It probably quite looked oh. quite good melted. Maybe, yeah. may, maybe I should open and melt it. I think you need to melt well, it. Yeah maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe you should. We're coming on to a melted Chewbacca later on, aren't we? That's a, a that's, that's another story. <laughs> but uh, yeah, interesting, interesting. Now I'm the only one then that went away from the vintage. I picked up a modern item, shock horror. I hope you've worn this, Andy. I, uh, well, it, it's for age five to six. Wow. So uh, I think if I got into it, I'd never, ever go out and get out again. Uh, but oh. this is a wonderful piece. This is a Chewbacca costume for, as I say, for age five to six year olds. Uh, and it's uh, it's three pieces. So you've got a top, you've got some trousers, and then you've got a separate bandolier strap with the, the ammunition boxes printed on and a little bag, a proper little bag at the end of it. So you put that over your shoulder and I, I can just see kids on Halloween wearing this 
and uh, perhaps a chewy mask on top of it and going around and putting their sweets in their little bandolier bag. Uh, at the top, it's got Chewie's hair printed on the front. Uh, it's got so the the bottom is cut sort of raggedy, um, so the raggedy sleeves and raggedy bottom, so it looks like sort of Chewie's hair. Trousers have also got um, a hairy print on. Uh, it's fantastic. But the the best bit is when you press the little secret button, and I, I hope you can hear this. Are you ready? Are you getting that? Is it a torn, yeah. torn crying? <laughs> it's not. No, that is that that is Chewbacca. That is a Wookiee roar. So <laughs> not only not only do you look like Chewbacca, but you sound like Chewbacca if you've got people who've got excellent hearing. It really it really is not very loud, but uh, yeah, it's it's a modern piece. It cost me four quid. It's brilliant. I thought that was top gimcrack. That does sound it, well. When I saw it, it was appalling. You, you were trying to put it on as well, which is quite amusing. <laughs> I should have taken pictures of you trying to put yeah, it on. Yeah, I, I think you guys all saw it. Rich, you didn't. Um, there's, there's some photos in our photos only messenger chat. If you wanted to uh, nip over and have a look at that, but yeah. So there we are. We have four gimcrack items. We have. Uh, let's see if I can remember these. We've got Pete's Blue Max Rebo Eraser. We've got Spoon's dodgy Wackling sweet candy head thing. We've got Jason's melty Chewbacca head and shoulders candle. And we've got the modern Chewy dress up set. There you go, Rich. Uh, I, I know you're, I know you're keen on your gim crack. What, what do you make of those? Um, yeah. That's probably sums it all up. Um, I mean, I do like I do like the Max Rebo eraser. I know that what Pete's talking about. That is a, a lovely item, but the rest of it is just genuine crap. <laughs> They're not meant to be lovely items, though, surely, Richard. Yeah. Supposed to be. Oh my goodness, what have you spent your money on? I still think um, Andy, you need to get someone wearing that Chewbacca costume. <laughs> anyway, just or find a big doll you can put it on because it just looks ridiculous. No, I'll, I'll see what see what I can do. As someone, it, as someone like you know, cut away is, at the bottom there. It, uh, no, that's that's how it comes. It is a little bit stretchy, actually. I might actually see whether I. Uh... <laughs> you got kids, haven't you? They're, they're bound to fit in it. Is it yeah, is it your next yeah, cosplay, the, Andy? The daughter might, but uh, it, yeah, could be, could be. Farthest from. Watch this space. So there we go. That is our gimcrack purchases. Uh, we'll throw the photos up on Facebook. Uh, we'll let our We'll let our listeners decide which is the top gimcrack from Echo Live. The moon with the rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes. So, uh, romancing the Star Destroyer, this is quite a saucy tale. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's an image that I've never seen before. So, um, Andy, you spotted this one. So why don't you talk me through it? Yeah, cheers, Rich. Yeah, um, this was something that was posted on, the, I forget which one, but uh, one of the Facebook groups. And somebody has spotted an interesting line in the text for an advert for the Darth Vader Star Destroyer playset. So this is some text that's taken from a 1980 Kenner Toy Fair catalogue. Uh, so it says that it's a dramatic play environment where Darth communicates with the dark side of the force. It uh, talks about the Force Light and the Wicked Grand Vizier, which is interesting, but the, that, that's what he was called on the uh, on the instruction leaflet. Uh, 
Darth can face the bounty hunters, blah, blah, blah. But then it says Han's Millennium Falcon can even hook up with the Star Destroyer. Lift the Star Destroyer by its special handle, pretend it's in flight. And there's an accompanying photo which shows the Millennium Falcon attached to the back of the Star Destroyer playset. So if you can picture it, the Star Destroyer playset stands on its three legs. Um, so it's uh, upright as it normally would be. And then the Millennium Falcon's landing gear actually fits into the back section of the Star Destroyer playset. So the Falcon needs to be almost upside down. How, how would one describe it? So the, the front mandibles would be pointing towards the floor. The engine grill would be pointing up towards the roof. And in that configuration, the landing gear will clip into the blue section, the blue piece of plastic that's the rear of the Star Destroyer. So it's kind of like it was in the movie where uh, uh, the Falcon attaches on the back of the, the, uh, the, the Star Destroyer and then floats away with the garbage. Guys, did any of you know about this? Have you ever heard of this before? Because this was brand new info to me. Likewise, absolute <laughs> madness as well. Just the scale of the two things. <laughs> How did anyone? Just no three no one kids. About. Three kids holding up. <laughs> just, just could you imagine? Just whichever one you hold is guaranteed the other's going to fall off and smash into a million pieces on the floor. Oh, I'm going to have to try it now. I'm going to have to dig out the old kids beaters from the cupboard and do this but no i had no idea and i'm struggling to believe that someone came up with that as a design feature i saw the photo first i thought well somebody's just found that the two accidentally fit together but no uh because it's in the it's in the toy fair catalog it's a designed feature which is just blows my mind how have we got uh, this far not knowing that <laughs> I, I do not know this is like Do me not, not knowing know. anything about hand trench coats. You know, they had different heads and stuff. I knew about the, the, the trench coats, but I mean, how, was, just, how are we still finding out this information? What's going on? Yeah, I mean, as, as you say, it would be hard to hold the two together and, to, you know, to, to sort of fly it around the room or whatever. But I can see if, if you had the Star Destroyer sat on the edge of a table, so the back of the Star Destroyer playset is just sort of hanging over the edge of the table and then you could quite legitimately clip the falcon on behind i guess you'd have to hold the star destroyer down but that that could work you might if you're go gonna reenact that. if you're gonna reenact that scene you're just gonna use a die cast aren't you well i suppose you are right hanging but... off the back because it's just it would just be unwieldy and ridiculous <laughs> it, it would it's it's a bonkers feature but it is genuinely a feature that somebody kind of came up with uh, and apparently didn't tell anyone else I think the next show we do, like the next Echo or whatever, we should, you should bring those beaters with you, Andy, and we'll put it on the table. Consider got, it done. Yeah, we'll I've do that. I've got a spare Falcon, and I do have a Star Destroyer in the Eve somewhere. I feel a science experiment coming on. I, I think it needs to be demonstrated by all of you. I don't have a Star Destroyer. But, yeah, you need if you've got the two, you need to demonstrate it. Do I have Do I have the legs? Because that's the problem with beaters. They're missing bits, aren't they? No, I've got... I've got full kits for these. Right. All right, Jason, that's your project. Yeah, well, there we go. Well, yep. gonna, I am going to be trying to sort out the eaves of the house. So Now got, you need to do the play feature. Back, so get yep. We'll put it on the table and we will await the gasps from people coming <laughs> past it who never knew that the Falcon attaches to the Star Destroyer. How about that? That's crazy. I wonder what other ones they've done that we don't know about. 
Well, there are other hidden features, aren't there, that some people know about and others don't. Now, the one that blew my mind, and this was not that long ago, was that FX7 has a rotating arm. <laughs> now, mine as a kid must have been stiff, whether it was... Um, he has a what, wh- sorry? Whether the paint had stuck. FX7 has got a ring around his middle where his little arm sticks out, and that ring rotates. Oh, yeah, yeah. My childhood one didn't rotate, as I say, it was probably stuck, whether the paint had stuck or what. But uh, yeah, I, um, I think they're all stuck I, and need cracking to move. And yeah, and there's nothing to say that that's a feature on it, is there? It's not no, like but a, it, it no, but it, it does rotate. It's you know, it's it, it's clearly not a broken part mm-hmm. that rotates. You know, it, it it is meant to to do that. Now, uh, as you say, whether most of them actually didn't rotate, but yeah, it, it's it is a designed feature so if that was a modern what, toy it would have something on the back of the card saying i would actually even, even like the die cast have a little picture on the front saying the action feature of each ship but the figures didn't do that and i in terms of the the, um, the falcon and the star destroyer was the instructions with the star destroyer did they did they say this or is this you just got to look at that catalog and guess yeah, I, well, I, I've never heard of it otherwise. So, yeah, if you didn't read the 1980 Kenner Toy Fair catalogue, <laughs> oh, yeah, let, yeah. let's face it, who did? <laughs> Everyone did. What are you talking about? You're not going to know about this. Another one, I think most people are aware of this now, but um, uh, this is what right up your street, Andy. Um, Han Hoth, that uh, you can holster his blaster. Yeah, so yeah. I, didn't, I did know about that as a kid. Um, I think that's why I liked him. But I would, to all the listeners out there, don't do it. I had a, a row of hand variations, different colour paint legs, and because the guns never stay in their hand, I thought oh, I'd display them with the the guns and the holsters. And then over time, two or three of them, the holsters split at the top, so basically the pressure of the gun in there just constantly ended up splitting the top of the holster. So I wouldn't recommend doing that, but yeah. it is, you know, as a toy, it was designed to do that. Yeah, that, and it's nice. That, isn't it? That's a designed feature. It is. It is. Yeah. Leia Bush carrying her staff gun thing on her back. Design feature, or is that? Co- I, I tend to take the view that's a coincidence. Well, did you say that the helmet also goes? I only learned that I think this year. That yeah, the helmet I, also I think, fits on the back. I think we covered that um, on this podcast quite a, a few years ago. Someone had picked on that, but I never did it as a kid. Yeah, I mean, I never ever had that. Yeah, d- design feature or coincidence? I, I'm yeah. probably. I'd be coinc- surprised if it was a design feature because you know, I mean, if things fit on there, uh, is it a coincidence? Because you know, these, I guess, when they, they, they've got the things in mind for kids, you don't want to lose your accessories. So if you can put it somewhere, I'm pretty much. I mean, it, it's a bit like the thing on the Millennium Falcon on the on the lid that you take off. You can you can put in the hatch can't you, you can fit the hatch in on the you can the that's the, the next one i was going to make oh, which, which i i thought everybody knew about but uh apparently there's quite a few people who didn't i don't, well i never had a hatch of i think because we had it second hand so i never had and I, I never i never had a falcon as a kid so i wouldn't have known about it then and but it, yeah it was certainly in certainly a few years into my collecting life i discovered that it was i certainly didn't yeah wasn't a childhood memory yeah, and any others that anyone could think of? Any any features that um, a lot of collectors might not know about? The mini rig fitting the, in, into the Atat's body as well was wasn't the one that I was clearly aware of. So that's so that's pictured on the box that one. Mm-hmm. So um, and because that was the one I had as a kid, I thought I knew about 
that one. But yeah, if you just get a hand-me-down one, you wouldn't know that connection, would you? Yeah. Not quite the same vein, but the the later issue, first issue, Luke Skywalker's that were, came with the the Bespin saber, and um, and the, the lightsaber hold is is slightly larger, isn't it? So so it fits the handle. That I would I didn't know that until uh, to being a collector, but it's not quite the same as a design feature. It's just a tweak to because uh, they're not making those extendable lightsabers anymore. Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's not a feature particularly, but it is an intentional part of the design. The guy who signed his name and his and his daughter's <laughs> names and other things in the Dagobah playset sculpt. Yeah, wasn't so, there another one as well? Um, oh, and, and the same same guy in the in the fur of the Tauntaun on his on on the Tauntaun's tail. That's it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, again, he put he put his name in there. I think or his initials. So yeah, designed for not 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 features, but uh, um, intentional designs, and uh, there there is a as a little Easter egg. If anybody else out there knows of anything else similar, do let us know. Death Star approaching. Estimated time to firing range: fifteen minutes. The Cassian Andor show. <laughs> That's what I'm going to call it from now on. Um, we're halfway through from well today from time of recording. Well, no, no, we've gone over halfway through, haven't we? Because we're just had number episode. We seven. have episode seven just dropped, but I think only a couple of us have seen it. So for today's purposes, yeah. let's uh, <laughs> let's only go up to episode six. Yes, yeah, amazing how uh, when Jar Jar appears, that he shoots everyone dead. It's amazing <laughs> they've, they've 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 done a Blake Seven on us, and they're just gonna go with Jar Jar now. Fair enough. I, I think I was talking to um, Chris Leddy um, not too long ago about how. In today's modern TV, you know, viewing, we have so many sci-fi and fantasy TV shows that are running and driving the streaming platforms. So, obviously, we've got Star Wars Andor, we've got The Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, and we've got House of Dragon, together with many other Marvel TV shows running at the same time. And if you go back 15, 20 years ago, that was would be completely unheard of and it would never would have been a thing. And obviously we've got all these shows out now and Andor's the latest one from Star Wars. That's what I'm going to focus on. And I've seen the first six episodes and I've, I've got to say it's, for me, it's entertaining, but it's not Star Wars. It's, it's a show set in the Star Wars universe. And I was talking to Grant um, not too long ago and Grant said, but it's very EU and I'm not so certain it is EU. I mean, yes, lots of EU novels, you know, led away from main characters and things like that. Um, and then arguably some of the EU novels were completely away from um, Jedi and Sith and Empire and Rebellion, things like that. And yes, I appreciate that. But for me, this is very much a tired heist plot that's just been put into the Star Wars universe and at times I was almost watching it thinking this is just solo but slower in a, in a slightly different environment and I think part of the reason why I am disappointed with it is because I loved Rogue One, I thought Rogue One was a really really good show um, and it's not about the pacing of this because I don't mind slow shows at all if you take the Lord of the Rings, you know, movies for example, they, they are very, very slow at times and intentionally so. And when I watched Andor episode one, I had to watch it three times before I actually, you know, started to get what it was trying to be. And um, by the end of the third episode, I thought, right, it's improved. It's heading in, in a direction. 
And then I think it was episode five where literally nothing happened. And then we get to episode six and it was, you know, it was entirely predictable. It was just solo once again. And I was starting to think, right, okay, well, how many more heists or, or you know, things like that are we going to see? So overall, um, and I'm using um, Chris Fawcett's commentary, and I think he referred to the solo movie as this. For me, it's fun, but forgettable. Uh, and I know that's going to go against what many of you guys are going to say, um, because a lot of people are really enjoying Andor, but, but for me, it's a take and a leave it show. And I believe, if I've got it right, the viewing figures are actually pretty disappointing. Yep, these all agree with that. We'll just move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, um, well, yes and no, Richard. Yes and no. I, I can see where you're coming from. But uh, um, I, I actually do. You said that, what Grant said. I, I kind of agree with him, really. That I, I think it is kind of, it's, it feels like I'm watching a novel being read out um, because it's so precise with details and I, I i if i have a criticism of it i'm enjoying it if i have a criticism of it, i'm not blown away but i'm not you know getting up every every wednesday rushing to the tv watching it like i was the uh, the slightly cheesier shows that we've had like you know kenobi not perfect but you know it had far more excitement for me as a uh, kind of a kid star wars kid in my head but um yeah it, it, it is I mean, having seen episode seven, um, yes, I do agree with what you said, but it has kind of <laughs> things are going to happen, and it has it is quite fundamental in in Star Wars of what what's coming. So um, I, I I would say for this show, I would say watch to the end and then judge it. Um, I actually don't think it's a very good show for watching week by week. Which is unusual, really, because it's it has to be divided out because it, you obviously couldn't have a whatever it is six hour movie. But yeah, I, I think it's actually made if it has done anything, it's made a mistake on being a serial show. Uh, this might have actually been a better show to be binge watched, you know, release it all at the same time. Maybe, you know, do what Stranger Things did, have the first uh, ten episodes available, and then have a bit of a gap and build up to whatever's coming in the last two kind of episodes. Um, I think maybe just you know, the first three episodes, if you, if they'd been week by week, it wouldn't have worked at all. Uh, it'd been too too much. Like you say, episode five was just padding for episode six, which is fair enough. But really, they should have had an hour long, two hour long, you know, episode. Really, we should have had two episodes by now, you know, an hour and a half long each. I think they've got. If I'm going to criticise them, they've got the timing wrong of the episode delivery. That's my my big thing of of this show, but I'm actually really enjoying it. I I, I didn't think I'd be that bothered by it, but um, it's it's one of the more kind of like you know I I am looking forward to what what's going to happen with the show because they've got another series coming out, haven't they? As well, so I'm very much looking looking forward to the next few episodes. Especially number seven is is really kind of like uh, giving everything a lot of context. I I struggled with it a little bit and. And I don't like binge watching stuff, Pete. So even if it was all um, loaded up front, I wouldn't watch everything in one go. It's not how I not how I do my viewing. And it's interesting what you're saying. We've mentioned Grant a couple of times now. He said he was he he had to watch the first three in one go, otherwise it doesn't doesn't work. And he was crying after it. He loved it that much. And and to me, if 
if you have to watch all three in one go, then it should be just one episode. It shouldn't be three episodes. But I, I did watch them with a few days in between. And I, I like you, I, I, I enjoy it, but I'm not wowed. And I think it, it's getting better. And it's into, because a lot of people have been quite critical of episode five. It actually was my favourite episode. I preferred up, up, up till six. So I did like six. And the problem for me with it is it's, it's clearly it's a character drama. So I don't mind it being slow. Um, but it's all about the characters. And I'm, coincidentally enough, I've, I've just finished watching The Sopranos, which I hadn't seen before, but big fan of those HBO dramas, The Wire or whatever. They're all about the characters. But the thing is, with them, I care about the characters. I want to know what happens. And up to episode five, this was this drama set in a Star Wars world. But I didn't care about anybody. I had no interest. You know, Tim was killed didn't care really who's who is this who is this guy and or i like but i wasn't particularly interested in who he was interacting with there was the odd person and the odd it got me interest but it, so i wasn't really buying into it so i was sort of asking myself if this if this wasn't set in star wars would i be watching it chances are i would be giving it a go but i've watched um Bosch, that's probably a good example. Bosch on Amazon Prime, which is a kind of a it's a lower level drama to those wire type things. Um, it's okay, it's watchable, but it's not, it, it didn't wow me. And this feels like a sort of Bosch, but I'm so I probably wouldn't be bothering watching it. But it's set in the Star Wars world, and I'm enjoying it. But actually, for that episode five, when they did suddenly everyone had a bit of character. Bit, a little bit of back, more backstory to the other people. I bought into it a lot more, so I really liked that episode. And then the heist, yeah, I'd take Richard's point. It's like, it's like um, solo, but it's fine. It was gritty. I didn't know what was going to happen. There were some really good twists. So I, I would say I'm enjoying it, but it's taken me five or six episodes to get there. And and you know, I'll judge it once I've watched it all. That's that's my view. I'm enjoying it. Felt it was a little bit up and down, and again, the pacing um, perhaps has to be questioned. But uh, I read somewhere or heard somewhere that it's designed, the structure of the show is is in four three-part acts. And if you see it like that, so you, you, you've essentially got four trilogies in the series. So you've got a build-up, you've got a middle act, and then you've got a climax. And certainly the first six episodes have followed that structure. It'll be interesting to see whether that carries on. But in terms of how it fits in with the Star Wars universe, whether it is a Star Wars show, I think the answer to that is absolutely yes, it is. Star Wars to date has largely been putting a comic book up on screen. Uh, it's very large. It's very brash. It's big action it's powerful characters doing amazing things they're almost superhero like certainly the uh, the the jedi are and the, the sith and the bounty hunters boba fett was really comic book in terms of a lot of the action and a lot of the plotting and you know boba fett facing off against the rancor and uh, the, the, the the destroyer droids and everything else whereas this is in the same universe, but it's not with these superhero characters. These are ordinary people. They can't use the force and get themselves out of trouble. They get hurt. They bleed. They die. 
And it's really interesting seeing the Star Wars universe from the perspective of these ordinary people um, who are perhaps doing extraordinary things. It's, we're watching the birth of the rebellion. We're watching how the boot of the empire is coming down upon these people. We're watching the uh, the, the spark of rebellion. And I, I think as the show goes on, we're going to see more links between different factions, different parts of the rebellion. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm finding that really interesting. Not a perfect show. What is these days? But yeah, the the focus on realism and ordinary people rather than Jedi, I think is quite refreshing. And uh, it's, it's a it's a nice take on doing something a little bit different, but still within that Star Wars universe that we love. Without spoiling anything, because I was in the latest one, um, it's quite interesting how you know, one of the big criticisms has been it's not Star Wars enough. But what was quite interesting was there were some really deliberate inclusions, I won't say what they are, in episode seven of Star Warsy things. Um, as if uh, this Gilroy guy had written it and gone, okay, we're going to take you right out right out into you know, where you're completely unfamiliar with Star Wars and then we're going to slowly bring you in because there's lots of things that happen and things that are mentioned in conversation and all sorts and there's, there's a real deliberate thing which is like as soon as you see it you go oh, I know what Pete was talking about now um, it's like okay okay this is interesting this is very interesting and I think this is the deliberate thing I think we're going to get we're going to slowly kind of re-enter the Star Wars universe as we go through this show and I won't be surprised that by episode 12, we've got some more, even more familiar aspects coming through. But um, yeah, I, I yeah, it's it, it's definitely interesting. I've got to say that it's one of, it's probably the most interesting Star Wars project they've done since Disney took over, I think. It's definitely the first that actually needs a bit of thought, isn't it? Every, I think you said it before, Pete, in terms of summing up the different things, you know, comics graphic novels and novels this this is definitely the uh yeah the, you, you need to be more invested in it you can't just sort of dip in and out i suppose like some of the others um you know much as i love the mandalorian i think i've, I've revised my view actually when i was watching kenobi i was thinking that was my favorite because it was an actual story and i was i was i was interested in where the story was going but actually you know bit of time i do still really like kenobi but mandalorian is my favourite of the new ones because it's a little bit bubblegummy in that sense. They're just sort of, it's this cool guy doing stuff. The stories aren't very deep, are they? But it looks good. And there's, you know, there's some good Star Wars references. That's, that's what I'm getting it from, getting from it. Whilst this is, this is, yeah, a bit more cerebral. Well, it's, I mean, it, it does, it does actually link it quite well with Rogue One, doesn't it? I mean, this is, it's got the same feel to it. Um, I think it was on Rebel Force Radio that we're talking about, because I think they had an interview from the creator, that Tony Gil- Gilroy guy, and he was saying, you know, he had he didn't really want to make a Star Wars show. He wanted to make the the story from Rogue One and continue with it. So he wasn't thinking about, oh, a Star Wars show, let's have a story around it. It's more, this is a this is a story, and this is about somebody doing something, and you know, in an environment, and it just so happens to be in the Star Wars universe. And I think you know, you saw or you'll see aspects of what he was talking about in this latest one. But uh, it's, yeah, it's, it, I just like the fact that they've done something a little bit different um, and not just another Kenobi stroke Boba Fett stroke Mandalorian show, which I think was very, 
sometimes got bogged down with too much Star Wars. And this has kind of gone completely the other way around. Like I said, I think by episode 12, people will be going mental over it. I, I really do. From what I've seen. So. Well, yeah, from what I've seen building up, you know, it, it does look, you know, especially the latest one today, it does look like, you know, it's really getting into its groove. But yeah, it's, it's I think it's getting, I said, I think on reflection, where people will come back and go, that's a hell of a show. But I think, yeah, because of the way it's been released, I, I still don't agree with the way it's been released. I, I just don't think this works for this show, personally. Rebel Base, one minute in closing. There were kids on that Death Star. Well, Andy, what's going on? What kids on the Death Star? No, no, kids on the Death Star. mouse droids. That's about as close as he got, wasn't it? Kids on the Death Star. What? Kids on the Death Star box, maybe. Ah, so, maybe. This is a post that I spotted on the Imperial Commissary Facebook group. And this was posted on the 23rd of September from a lady called Calandra Donnelly. And uh, she says, here's a funny story of coincidence. Not only do I spend my time collecting vintage Star Wars figures, but I also own a vintage toy store. And today this guy came in my shop to introduce himself. He's the owner of a realty group. Uh, I think um, that's what the Americans call property. It's the agent, basically, uh, that recently opened up on the same block as my business. He asked if I had a Death Star space station in the box. And I did. He said he needed the box to be in good shape. And luckily it was. The reason being because he's the kid in the yellow turtleneck on the front. <laughs> so I happily sent this one home with him today so he could proudly display his little face. Oh. So cool to be neighbouring businesses with someone so iconic to kids of the 70s and 80s, as well as Star Wars toy collectors. Just had to share. Have a great, great weekend, everyone. And may the force be with you. We, we need uh, to get him on. We need to get him on and talk to him. Well, he, I think he's I think he, he is contactable. His name's Chris Timmons. Um, and he, he has chatted, I think, with other um, podcasts or uh, or YouTube shows. So, uh, yeah, wouldn't that be good? I want to know who his mate was. Because he had yeah, a mate on the, the box, didn't he? There's two of them on the box, isn't there? That's, yeah. uh, that's right. I don't think the other lad's been identified. Well, sure, does uh, he but, does he know? That's definitely a question for Chris, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So. Absolutely. And what what was it like going in the studio? And did he get a Death Star? I, 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 I hope he was given one. It's all things we need to know. Yeah. All things we need to know. Did he well, like Star Wars? He might have hated it. I thought, oh, God, Star Wars is silly. Yeah. But how cool. That is look, cool. Look, look at this box. That's me, that is. I know. That's great. That Fantastic. To, I wonder if they should do a reunion at Celebration one day, get all the, box, the boxed kids <laughs> into a room. Well, Dave, Dave Barnacle's son, who's on the Palatoy Death Star, absolutely hates it. So whenever he's approached to, to do anything like this, he is not interested at all, which is a real, real shame. I mean, in, in a way, it even looks like it at the time because he's he's much older than the Kenner kids. He's clearly in his teens when he's photographed. And it's a, so Dave Barnacle did a lot of the action man artwork. That's his main thing. But the unique palatoy sets so the ones that weren't just reproductions of the kenner ones i believe he he did the artwork for those which is essentially a, a photo of, of some of something or someone doing something so yeah his son's on the on the death star i'd here. be cashing in andy i'd be like if that was me i'd be cash i'll be doing autographs you know creations everything throw it away a fortune yeah exactly that's crazy I'd, I'd, you've got to cash in on these things Rebel base, one minute and closing. potential paper peril 
Is this more scandal? It absolutely is, Pete. So oh, thanks oh, to oh, Dan Turl over on Echo Base Facebook group. He made a post on 25th of September. A little fakey fake news. I don't know how accurate these will be. And with the best will in the world, you can't fake 40 year old paper. Or if they will be marked anyway, but watch out for instruction sheets in the future. We all knew this was coming and there's lots and lots and lots of scans of instruction sheets on various um, pages. And it all points to why we've got to be really careful with watermarking and certainly some of the instruction sheets on Crowley Way and uh, make, making sure that those don't get in the hands of one Smith Lord Creations. So over on his Facebook page he's put new inserts another often requested item vintage cannot instructions inserts are commonly missing often hard to find in fair condition and very expensive when sold so to everyone we are now proud to offer high quality slc replacement versions for a fraction of what is currently sold we are starting with darth vader's tie fighter see the pick it's available now and coming soon our x-wing fighter millennium falcon land of the jawas death star ewok Battle Wagon, Snowspeeder, Slave One and a lot more. Our goal is to have these available for every vintage vehicle and playset, even the rarest and hardest to find ones. So there you go guys, you've been warned, keep an eye out for these Smith Lord Creations inserts and you know instruction sheets. It's very similar to what I don't even know what is called replicator products. I don't even know if that guy's still around now. Um, we don't really hear much from him anymore. But let, let's hope that these are definitely marked up. They're very clear, the, the, the reproduction. Um, but they're no place at all for us in our hobby. Burn them. I remember speaking about this with, with someone. And they were like, we're only making these to strengthen the integrity of the box. I said, well, that's fine. So make them out of bright pink cardboard. And, you know, you, you'll get the integrity of the box, which is what you say you're doing it for. But you're not doing that. You're making them to look exactly like the original cardboard. So, you know, to which they had no reply. There's, um, there's, there's a good point, Jim, because this guy contacted me on the, on the, on the Diecast website last month. And he was asking whether I'd ever taken a Y-Wing pod apart because he wanted to 3D print one and he wanted to know if it's in three parts or anything. And I sort of, I kind of put him off and said, well, no, I haven't done that. I don't, I don't know, but just, just print it as one because it's, and you know, mark it up as reproduction. So yeah, yeah I was, I was going to do that. I also want to do the land, land speeder windscreens, but I don't know how to mark them as reproduction because it's perspex. Oh, you know, it's like glass, glass looking. And I said, uh, well, why don't you do them in the colour of the, like, you know, the, the Corgi Batmobiles are those sort of blue windscreens. So why don't you do them in blue? And he went, oh, that's a brilliant idea. And and that's exactly it, isn't it? So you'd, your gland speed is complete, but the part is obviously not original, but still looks good and would look vintage. And it just, just doesn't take that much thought for these people. And they'd actually be sort of celebrated. Seems such, such a shame, really. Such skillful people got clearly uh, you know, good at what they do, but they use their skills for evil. Well, yeah, I mean, a lot. lot remember, a lot of people don't see uh, the reproduction thing as a big deal, do they? Some people just don't uh, care because other hobbies don't care. So they don't you know. care. Yeah, they don't care. That it fools fools people. But it's and it is. It does come down to value. It tends to be hobbies where the parts don't cost fifty times the actual toy. Yeah. 
so no one no one really i mean pe- people get annoyed but they don't it, it, their investment's not wasted that's i think what. i prefer a little blue one because because uh, all these old ones get very yellowed and that's awful yeah i think a blue one look really smart well if this guy does make the blue ones i think it, i think he'll uh he'll sell loads yeah i think just start ripping off the vintage ones and throw them away and then put blue ones on <laughs> <laughs> create a new demand Rebel base, one minute and closing. Bounty Hunter comes home. This is a great story. I love this. I don't think it's real, but it's funny. Uh, well, I'm not so certain that it is real because certainly the guy who posted it is a little bit... Um, uh... Careful, careful. Yeah, okay, we'll say careful. This was posted in the IC Facebook group on the 15th of October. Hello, IC. If anyone named Matt wants this, it's yours. First, Matt, to claim, gets the busk. If this happens to be your actual childhood bosk and you can show provenance, that bounty hunter comes home. Would just be an amazing story. May the force be with you, not for sale. And then the picture we've got a bosk with Matt written very, very neatly on the bottom of Bosk's foot in capital letters. So then we've got a reply from um, a Matt and he says, This is my actual childhood bosk. This is incredible. I was learning how to write and put my name on multiple feet of Star Wars figures. It's true. I'm stunned. Crazy, right? Legit, my childhood bosk. Right. Okay. I, t- I honestly don't even think that this deserves any airtime. But he then goes into, uh, I remember when I got him, we lived in Maryland and we were visiting family in Los Angeles. The Empire stores hit st- the Empire figures hit stores early in California before the East Coast. I was eight and learning how to write in cursive on that trip. I got Boskin off our D4 at Toys Us. I remember I wanted to put my name in cursive on his foot, but it wouldn't fit, so I printed Matt. Sadly, in 1988, my father defaulted on a storage unit where my family moved. I lost most of my figures. John. This is just incredible. I'm having a hard time falling asleep tonight thinking about how amazing this is. I mean, Pete, do you believe that story? I mean, how many mats are there? How many, does that even remotely look like cursive writing? Does that look like writing an eight-year-old? What do you think? I, I mean, I'd actually love to believe it was true because it would be a fantastic story. But, I mean, it seems to be a thing in America, people writing, yeah, because we've seen from Toy Story. That must have come from somewhere. Because I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't remember ever writing on an action figure to put my name on it. Because the toys didn't leave the house, so it, they wouldn't have, I wouldn't have needed to put my name on it. And my, my brother would beat each other up if we thought that someone else, you know, each of us had stolen our own figures. So, yeah, it, it, I don't think it was a big thing over here writing on the bottom of shoes. It seems to be something that happened in the states because of the Andy from Toy Story, you, Andy on the boot. Pete, did you really? I mean, I wouldn't. We didn't write our names on, but our canal street, all the kids would be playing Star Wars in the street. So our mums all marked them. So my my figures had silver nail polish on their feet and my brothers had gold. Yeah, they'd be more something like that rather than a name. Yeah, but the... But actually, it goes to this. So let's let's say I I believe all this. You know, why why is he lying? Let's let's say that that's... He he wrote his name on a Bosque's foot when he was uh, was young that doesn't look like a practice you know <laughs> doesn't look tiny writing on a foot but let's let's ignore that would i know my own writing 40 years on no so if, if, if let's say i wrote andy on my my figure's feet and i saw a foot with andy on would i know that that was my writing 40 years on 
Probably not. You know, that would be my, my call. Could be his, might not be. It doesn't look like an, an eight-year-old's writing, I'm sorry. It doesn't, look like pra- it doesn't look like a practice writing. You know, practice writing, is, I remember this really clearly. We've got an exercise book. We had to start practicing writing letters. I would have been about four or five. And I wrote a letter to a page <laughs> rather than a letter to a line. And uh, that was practicing writing. Writing that small. I probably still can't to this day, actually. So, so that is very, very small on a foot, isn't it? Yeah, that's not that's a seasoned writer rather than a practice practice attempt, that's for sure. But I mean, but yeah, I mean, that's, were that... were those type of pens around then that were so that would have lasted that long? I mean, everything I've written on as a kid has either you know, got destroyed or would have just wiped off. Were sharpers around then? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, not something wouldn't have been permanent, allowed. Were permanent markers white? Got to Google permanent markers. When did permanent markers? I'm not, I'm not having that now. <laughs> it's too it's too mature. Permanent markers. Yeah. When did they get a thing majigged? Well, 1952. I take it back. Yeah, well, it's, uh, I'd, yeah. I'm I'm not gonna say it's not true, but I would be. I want to believe if, it. If you knew it was your own one, that's that's where I would uh, cast I want, out. I want it to be true. Because playing, cool. playing devil's advocate, why would somebody fake this? Um, I, I suppose answer my own question for attention, and obviously people do seek attention on Facebook. But other than that, writing a name on the bottom of a figure, it's not doing anything for its value, is it? You're devaluing your figure. Um, We've not seen engineering yeah. pilots. <laughs> <laughs> they generally don't have a name written on the bottom, no. do they? <laughs> Just right. right. No, no you, you are right. Andy. There's no point in doing this. Um, but I think it's more the case of lots of kids put their names on things. And there so we are. Be, it could be any Matt. Yeah. Rather than this specific Matt. I mean, you've got a choice of feet as well. So one or two feet. I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe it is true. Maybe it happened. Um, the likely, the percentage likelihood is where where is he and where was the figure? <laughs> Until we know. So, do you know where this original guy is? Cause, uh, the, yeah, the, there was there was some talk on the Facebook thread about that. I can't remember, but it, it it was quite some distance to where it turned up. So, as you say, it's a it's a lovely story. It would be nice to think it's true. Is it true? Possibly not. But uh, hey, good story. Because because that comes into those things where, I, and it, this is what I, I was getting intrigued by. So, if I get a something with a Star Wars dress on it. So like a magazine, a kid's field. I always go and look on Facebook, see if that kid still it lives. <laughs> still, is that name in the same area? Normally you can't do it because it's like, you know, Tom Smith. It's like, well, that's not going to be a good thing, is it? But if it is quite a specific name, I do go and have a look on Facebook, see if that person exists. And I'm always tempted to write to them and say, hey, I've got your childhood comic here, which you filled in and just ask them. Do yeah, anyone else kind of get that? You know, like you might get a mailer box or something with a, someone else's address on it. Have you ever felt tempted? Yeah, I, I, I did that once. I got um, I, I bought a lot of fan club stuff, um, and one of them had um, a form filled out um, in the name of David Oliver. Now, David Oliver is a name that I know from Facebook. He's quite active on the collecting groups. Um, he's a, 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 a trader as well as a, a collector. Very nice guy reached out to him and said is is this your um fan club piece and he said yeah he said um i you know wasn't too 
bothered about it. I sold it quite some time ago. I said, would you like it back? He said, yeah, great. So sent it to him free of charge. And uh, yeah, he's been very, very grateful. Well, there we go. There we go. That's the exact same thing, isn't it? Something, someone's got someone's name on it. You found him. You tracked him down. There we go. I've, I've got that uh, form to send off, the bounty hunter offer form with the nameplates. And it's it's filled in, but never sent off. I, can't, I think it was Adam Jackson, something like that. And I looked looked him up after I got that on Facebook, but couldn't. I think there was a few, and well, presumably it's someone from the UK, but couldn't couldn't do it. But yeah, definitely, it's interesting, isn't it? It's like seeing your um, your story in Return of the Jedi Weekly. Yeah, you know that's it's you nice hunted to... me down. You didn't know who I was. Yeah, you hadn't found yeah. me. Found me online, became friends. <laughs> stalked you stalked me for years yeah um just wanted to after reading about you in that comic I just Sign, <laughs> signed copies are available for my table the next <laughs> something or other yeah no it's uh yeah definitely worth doing right should we move uh, on yeah Rebel base one minute and closing. oh it's Sorry. me next oh is you is it well lumpy or stumpy are you lumpy or are you stumpy andy and is this a personal nickname I'm a little bit of both. Does your wife know? <laughs> She's often complained. Okay, fair um, So this is, I don't want this to be another bashing post. I just thought this was really interesting. So this this was, started off with a chap called Jeffrey Hock. You know, that's how it's pronounced. On the Star Wars figure variant collectors group on Facebook. And he listed what had been graded by CAS as a Lily Lady variant Chewbacca for $1,500. And the, the variant, there's a, I've got to put a picture up next to a regular Chewbacca, is his little stumpy <laughs> Chewbacca. So people are saying, oh, it's like Lumpy from the holiday special. But if you, if you, if you notice, his limbs are the same as normal Chewbacca. It's his torso and particularly his head that's really small. And, um, and Jeffrey himself says, uh, well, I, I, it's clearly not a Lily Letty variant. I believe it's a very early release with the green translucent crossbow. Any questions, please contact me. Um, and then loads and loads of comments on it. You know, potentially it's a short port. It's not a short port. It's not a lily lady. And some people then start saying, well, it's most likely heat affected. And this is where I thought it got, got interested. It's probably stored in a loft. Could have been gone through the dishwasher. Could have been in, put in the oven. Do you remember Shrinky Dinkies? I remember the, uh, the Weetabix ones. Um, like those, it's basically plastic on a on a slow heat, shrinking, and a, and a few people commented on his getting. Uh, we are getting personal now. Commented on his groin because the uh, the the lower part of his groin is slightly bowed. There's like a a bigger gap between the top of his legs, like like the body has shrunk. Uh, James Kennison, a font of all knowledge, particularly on variants, he closed the post down. Pretty much, it's not a variation, and will not be sold here. Fact. Um, Thomas Fagan, <laughs> top five of grading screw ups. Um, and then James, this is it, yeah, it's brilliant for archaeology. He did some experimental archaeology and he shrunk his low gray, put it, put it in a low heat for 10 minutes <laughs> and, in, and low gray shrunk. Um, and then, you know, they're saying, well, it's clearly not factory produced. If it's a short pour, all the paint, um, the paintwork is done through stencils so the bandolier would be kind of all off and off his shoulder and his eyes would be in the wrong you know wouldn't see his eyes you'd just see his mouth in the middle of his yeah. forehead so it doesn't work i mean i'm totally with james on this it's shrunk 
Um, Mike Moe chimed in. So uh, he obviously knows his plastic. And he's saying like the torso is ABS plastic, the same as Lego bricks. So that shrinks in the heat, but the limbs don't. So post is closed for comments. So Jeffrey's a bit annoyed. And, you know, he said, why have you closed this down? It's not it's not fair, you know. And then he basically <laughs> got shouted down again. You know, he's, he's saying, I think it's I think it's a variant. And we've seen this time and time again, don't we? Someone with either a discoloration or in this case, a shrunk figure, just convinced it has to be something special. And then Marco van Dyke, I assume it's pronounced. So this this got really interesting. So he said he's got a, a shrunk run that was from a bag or a box stored in a hot attic for many years. Not variations, but an oddity at best. Uh, and he's put a picture up of his run and they're just great. I, I want to put some of my beaters in the oven now. Get like a first 12 shrunk run. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just just lovely. And But it was something I've never seen before. Uh, it, it totally, you know, as a as a very, you know, it's not a variation, but as a as an oddity that people are claiming it's a variation. I hadn't appreciated that this this was a thing. You put your figures in the loft for a while that that heat changes. Come up there like 10, 15 years later and you've got a, a shrunk collection. Lumpy or stumpy. Lumpy or stumpy. What a crazy thing. Yeah, but like I don't that would go, go nice into my little shop of horrors I've got of my disfigured um, Star Wars figures in the shed, sitting on a little ledge. Yeah, one's got like a bullet hole in it. One's got a dog's <laughs> tooth getting through an Ewok's face, which is actually quite a pleasing thing to look at. Um, but yeah, shrunk it. I want to see a proper... I wonder how much you can shrink it. Yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> a tiny, tiny body. Yeah, I guess... Big, long legs. Well, yeah, I wonder, I wonder who the best figure would be to shrink to ridiculous, you know, stupid looking. And someone needs to just go science on some Star Wars figures for fun. Gamorrean guard. Well, yeah, <laughs> how, how big can you, can you get? A yeah, lot, there's a lot there to shrink. Big, big body still, but little stumpy legs. That'd be amazing. Look a bit like some of the people who we saw at Echo Base. and Simon Goodall at their stall at Echo Live, the largest vintage toy show in the country. Hello, Paul. Hello, how are you? Very good. Enjoy uh, the DJ voice. <laughs> how's the uh, how's sales going today? Really good, yeah, yeah. Um, lots of small things picked up. Um, a lot of the modern figures going well, which is good, and lots of loose vintage selling really well, so good stuff. And you've now branched out, you've got your own stall in Hereford, Carbonite Collectibles. Who's man in the stall today? 
Uh, my mate Dave, I hope. Does Dave know what he's doing? Um, yes, I think. Uh, possibly not selling anything, but you know, hey, it's all right, it's there. And is this stock from the stall here? Is this, uh, or is this your, yours and size stock? Um, yes, indeed, it is, yeah. Well, most of mine down there. This size is banished to the far end of the table with his Black Series figures. Um, and I have my lovely wares on the main display of the table. I'm liking these Boba Fett uh, prototypes here. I must say, I'm after some retro collection Mandalorian figures. Can you help me out? Um, not here, I can't, but if you travel to Hereford, <laughs> hop into the butter market and uh, I'm sure they can sort you out there. The price of petrol, probably not, <laughs> not anytime soon. Uh, and how about Shadows of the Empire? Um, there is one on the front there, on the Power of the Force 2 display. I'll have a look in a moment. <laughs> and Si, what, if, what can you tempt me with in your store? Well, all I've got is modern stuff, Black Series, which uh, I'm not too keen on anymore, so I thought I'd... Uh, See if I can move them on, but I don't think anybody else has been too keen either. No, it seems a bit, it's a bit varied, isn't it, what people are into? What about Star Tots? Are they going? Well, they're paws, they are. Oh, he's muscled in on your end of the stool. On the end table. The, the Unloved Collector Series um, TIE Fighter Pilot, which is an absolute great figure and only £25. That is a bargain, that is a bargain. If it doesn't sell today, someone get themselves a treat at a later date. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much both. Thank you. So I'm here with uh, the Vintage Rebellion with Bill Hargreaves. Bill was a model maker um, at uh, ILM, Elstree Studios, um, built the droids, um, built lots of the props, lots of the costume pieces. Hello, Bill. It's very uh, my, my pleasure to welcome you to the Vintage Rebellion nice podcast. Very clever when I was younger. <laughs> Not so clever now. Oh, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Don't don't doubt that. Um, so, Bill, you've, you're you're a model maker by trade. How did you get I'm into a, that? I'm actually a prop maker. Prop maker. I do yeah. apologise. Um, yeah, models is a different thing. I can make models, but I find them very boring. Yeah. yeah. But prop making, I love. Um, how I got into it? I turned up one day to see my brother-in-law never left just yep. hung on just happened to fall into the right time the right place so purely by luck so your brother-in-law was in the movies was he he was a carpenter yeah ah, okay he was a carpenter. yeah um, yeah met him one day at time we were having a chat his art director a guy called harry lane said do you fancy doing a film I said, yeah i'd love to so i've got a little film down at shepparton called alien yeah, sounds good. That's a good so place to start. Started. Yeah, that's where I started. On Alien. Fantastic. So and a, a lot of the crew from Alien moved on to Empire, didn't they? They did, yeah. And I was very lucky. Alien was my first film. Then I moved on to Empire as supervisor. Yeah. So, obviously my work was all right. Yeah. all right then, anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you had a hand in building most of the droids, I think, or certainly most of the static droids. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For Empire, the um, uh, Probot and IG-88 and... I had to repair C-3PO quite a lot. Yeah. But that wasn't my droid and I'd never claim it as my droid. Um, but I did a lot of repair work on it. Um, but yeah, all, all the prop droids, so EB-99, IG-88, 88, Bomar Monk, yeah, I built all those, yeah. Fantastic. And was did you have much design input into those, or were you mostly working from Ralph a, McQuarrie's work? I had a work lot or? of input into them. 
Um, when I said I was quite clever when I was younger, I can't read a drawing. So it was absolutely no good at all, the art department giving me drawings. Because I couldn't understand them. Yep. My feedback from the art department was, oh, we'll give you a clue and you make something. And that's exactly what it did. I mean, IG88, for instance, the remit on that was, make me a bounty hunter drawing. Three words, that was it. Yep. And I was left alone to do it and did it. And I think it turned out all right. I think it's turned out all right. Absolutely. Oh, such an iconic design. And it's, it stood the test of time all right. I think so, yeah. We get a lot of interest. Um, Especially in America, oh, no, sorry, but awful lot in England no, as well. We get a lot of um, a lot of interest in it. I mean, here we are, forty odd years later. We're still talking about it. Absolutely, it's still being used in films. They've given it another name, IG11, but it's still basically it's IG88. Yeah, it's lovely to see the design come back. Brilliant, yeah, great, um, great compliment, really. But, your design from 40 years ago is still relevant today. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Super. And what would you say was your favourite piece that you've worked on, um, either from Star Wars or from any other movie? Do you know what? I really like making the coat hanger on Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yep. Whether it's my favourite piece or not, I don't know. I enjoyed everything. Every day was fun. Yeah, I enjoyed every day. So I wouldn't like to say, oh, definitely that, definitely that. Yeah. That was fun to work on because that was very different. Um, yeah, you, you don't think of something like that coat hanger as a prop, but just a brilliant piece of such a wonderful visual gag. Yeah, but it worked well in the film. It, um, it was something that never been done before. It didn't take you long to do it. It was, it was good fun. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Excellent. That's lovely. And you having a good time today? You've uh, met, met plenty yeah. of people? Met lots of lovely people. We had lots of lovely conversations. Um, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, excellent. Can't fault the day at all. Fantastic, Bill. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, but been a real pleasure talking to you. You're more than welcome. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Right, I'm here with Peter Lee at uh, Echo Live. Right, Peter, what have you got on your stool? What have we got? We got a mix of some modern uh, Power of the Force Two from the nineties. We got some Black Series, some vintage collection. We've got a lovely first twelve stand as well that we're selling uh, with an acrylic case. Uh, it's got the first 12 figures, it's very nice. Oh, we've got a set of dog bounty hunters, vintage set. What can uh, you tell me? I've seen these uh, Ouse like torsos, what are those? I've not seen those before. Yeah, they're Martins, he's selling them. They're like the original um, torsos from the Ouse, the Turkish, the bootleg figures. They've had a lot of interest. Very nice, and have you bought anything? I haven't, I haven't. I've been looking around, a few things I'm tempted by, but uh, we'll see, we'll see how the day goes. And what about, I think last time I saw you at a stall, ended up buying something from, that you've actually made with your work. Have you got any, anything else like that? I haven't. I've got a few knitting books. I think uh, they've been muchly mocked, but uh, yeah, we're nearly, we've got about two left of those now. So uh, if you want one, you better get them now. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks, Peter. Good to see you. <laughs> so I'm joined now by Joe Gibson. Uh, hello, Joe. Very nice uh, to hello. meet you and a pleasure to welcome you to the Vintage Rebellion podcast. Uh, hello to you. Now, you worked on uh, Empire and Jedi, I believe. I did, yeah. Um, you were a Stormtrooper, Snowtrooper, Gamorrean Guard, and a stand-in for well, Mr. Mark the, Hamill. The, the deal was I stood in for Mark Hamill on Empire Strikes Back and Return yep. of the Jedi. And in the meantime, when you're standing around, they want extra people with me, and as I was handy and available for doing this, get into a stormtrooper, snowtrooper, Gamorrean guard, hot rebel, 
yep. you name it, whoever you just you just got on and done it. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Quite a few actors in the same position as yourself, I think. Um, yeah, but, um, people like Alan Harris and uh, Alan oh, Austin. Yeah, 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 we were all part of the group, you know. Yep, super. And stuff like uh, when they were doing the X-wing uh, fighter pilots with me, yep. they would put the camera behind me on the side of the helmet and your hands on the steering on the you know on the controls yep pressing buttons and all this type of thing and you were part part of the scene you know and when they done green streets green screen stuff yep you with me when you were dressed up and you walked down the aisle but they were doing it all on green street yep it's good on done it excellent and uh, you saw some of the iconic sets um, in oh, Star Wars. You were on the Echo Base, the ice caverns. And, yes, uh, yes. Did you do the carbon freezing chamber? The, uh, the, yes, the or, yeah, or, yeah, when, when Harrison got frozen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What did you make of those when you walked out on those sets well, the first well, time? Let's put it this way. I thought George Lucas was a genius. I thought he was another Disney. Yeah. And, and he was such a lovely man, so easy to talk to. You talk to anybody. And just looking at his imagination, put into reality, you know, when you're filming, I thought, God, where has this guy come from, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I thought he was, uh, and I still do, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, you, you went along with it, and uh, I mean, we were only talking earlier, 1978, Quint and myself, we were on the first Superman, 1978. Yeah. We'd done three Supermans, up on the sort of, like, on the trot. And it was just part of the action, but then, Star Wars, just brought everything up to a whole new level. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And films that have stood the test of time and we're oh, still exactly. here talking about them 40 but, years but later. then I was even luckier as well, is when Raiders of the Lost Ark came out, you know, I ended up by doing Ronnie Lacey, standing yep. for Ronnie, oh, lovely man. Yep. And then I went out to Tunisia, you know, yep. and ended up on the location side of things. So I was very, very fortunate. Excellent. And let's put it this way, I look back at it all fondly, sadly, some that I can't remember now, being at my age. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and uh, still, still doing it now. Yeah, yeah. that's super. Yeah. Now you've got a photograph on your desk here of uh, yourself um, at the with Kenny, uh, with, with Kenny Baker and Kenny the X-wing on the Dagobah yes, swamp, exactly. and you're, that's right. you're wearing a wetsuit. Did did you have to well, get in the water? Well, and, uh, I did because I gather the, that wasn't very pleasant. Well, it was getting just a little bit over the top, you know. And Mark was in there, you know. Yep. And if he fell over and all that, and and I was. An excellent swimmer, and it was just a safety thing. Yep. So they had me in the wetsuit, and I was in the background out shot, you know, and always in the water. When he was in the water, I was in the water. Yeah, just making sure everything and was okay. And a lot of the time, I'd done the walkthrough first, and then said, "You start here and you finish there." You know? Yeah. So all part standing in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Joe, it's been a, a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much. Yeah, much appreciate you joining us. You're more welcome. Thank you. Wish you well. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay, bye bye. Hi, oh, haven't met, I'm Zia. Yes, I know who you are. You know me. I know who you are. Ah, good stuff. I'm, I'm recording you, Zia, is that oh, okay? Oh, you are recording yeah. me. Oh, excellent. <laughs> oh, it's quite nice having you uh, meeting Pete there. So yeah, I'm with, with Zia Revzi. And uh, it's 1 all at the moment, isn't it? Yes, it it's is. not good. It's it was one. Yes. It was talking about football. I've, I've, it's one nil. It was one nil for our loyal Arsenal listeners out there. Yes. Uh, where's your? Is this your stall behind you? It's my, my stall. Yes, right. Yes, yes. And it's um, well, it's, it's quite not at the moment, but uh, it was a good morning. Um, so what, what, have you, what have you sold? I've sold mainly um, modern stuff, uh, the odd vintage stuff, but uh, it's been a good day. Um, so I gave it a lot of stuff for free for kids, families and stuff like that. Uh, but also, um, you know, for the raffle, 
Nice. Uh, so yeah, and uh, whatever is left, well, I have to take it back to London now. Uh, <laughs> and have you driven up today? Sorry. Have you driven up? Yes, uh, well, I don't not today. Yeah, last night. Okay. So we we out for a meal with, with some of the other. Unfortunately, not. No, I'm just too shattered. I'm just I'm just going back home. I've got stuff to do at home. Okay. And what a big question? Have you bought anything? Just uh, one thing: a fridge magnet. Fridge magnet. A vintage fridge magnet. <laughs> That's a droid because it's one of my focus. That's the only thing I bought. Nice. That's a good no, I've been I've been a good boy. I've not uh, it's refrained from uh, splashing out. Same same for me at the moment, but um, could change. Still still wandering around. And have, and have you managed to actually get around and look at the whole place? Yes, I did. I did. Uh, I would say it's uh, a lot of modern um, and about thirty percent vintage. So some good stuff there, but uh, yeah. And you, but you've been before, yeah? No, no, it's oh. my first time. My first time, so I'm very happy. It's, uh, it's been uh, enjoyable and uh, it's a uh, yeah, great experience. So does, that, does that mean we're going to see you at Farthest From before too long as well, then? I, I will try. I will try. Um, if I've still got stuff for sale. because. Yeah. But anyway, I think it'll be great fun to just meet people. So, yeah. Definitely celebration next year. That's, yes. that's definitely there. Yeah. We're, are you there for all four days? Yeah, all four days. I've got my ticket for that. Yes. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll see you there for sure. All right. Thanks, Leo. Cheers, mate. Bye. So I'm joined now by Mr. Laurie Good. Laurie worked on uh, Star Wars, um, best known for working as a stormtrooper and as Soren in the cantina. Hello, Laurie. Very pleased to uh, meet you this afternoon. Hello, yes. Hi. Fantastic. There's a lot of activity so, going on here, so excuse all the noise, people. It is rather noisy. I'm going to hold the camera a bit closer just so we make sure we pick you up. Okay. Um, so uh, are you having a good day today? Very good, thank you. Excellent, mate. Lots of people. Lots of people here today. Apparently, it's the biggest uh, Star Wars convention in Europe. I found out today. So I hear, yeah, biggest out, arguably biggest outside America. So yeah, yeah. that's uh, that, that's certainly something to say. Um, so, uh, how did you how, how did you get into acting? How did you end up on the set of Star Wars in 1976? Well, I replaced, I replaced someone called Peter Jukes, who. Uh, who had the fit in for as a stormtrooper and then said he was sick so the agent sent me along because we had the same measurements yep. so that's how I got in and then when I um, when I did the uh, soaring I, I went along and they said oh the person who's quite off sick who's, who's uh, supposed to do soaring uh, is quite off sick so can you go along to the wardrobe and fit into the costume if you fit in the costume you can come back next week so I went along there put it on and I Thought, well, this is okay, I'll get in it. So uh, I was back on the following week, but I've gone from wearing a helmet which I couldn't see out, I couldn't breathe out, to another helmet I couldn't see or breathe out. <laughs> so it wasn't very uh, uh, pleasant time uh, yeah, doing the job. But it was, you know, that was going to be my next question: which of the costumes would it was uh, was better to wear? I don't, I don't well, I think I think probably the stormtroopers because you whip that helmet on quite easily, but uh, the. Uh, the, the Soarin's uh, uh, helmet was a bit, bit tighter to take off. Yep. So anyway, all got through, got out. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. And uh, as a stormtrooper, you're well known, of course, as the stormtrooper that bumps his head on the yes, on, on the I door know, coming yeah, uh, yeah. coming into the hangar bay control yes, room. Yes. Not, did, a lot of other people have said it, but the, the Chris will speak because he was the, he was a stormtrooper. Chris was a stormtrooper. Went through first. Yep. Here, there you are. And I'm there. So. We know one another. We've been around uh, doing film work long before this film, so we know one another well. So he, 
remembers me being there. Yeah, so. were, were you surprised to see that come out in the finished film? Yeah, I was, because what happened, we were holding the guns in our right hands, and, uh, uh, and, and there was a mistake here, because the holsters, as you see here, I mean the holsters yep. here, are on the left, so all the guns should have been held on the left. We've done three or four takes with the guns holding, our, holding the guns in our right hands. And the assistant said, you've got to hold the guns in the other hands because the holsters are on the left. So we held the guns in our left hands and we went along and they did, we did the take and I bumped my head and the director said, or the director said, right, we've got that shot. And I thought, wait a minute, I should bump my head. They're going to go again, surely. So I can't be in frame. So when it came out in the cinemas, I'm in, I, I'm in the film. So all I could think of is they didn't realise we had the guns in our right hands and they had about six takes or so. And they thought, well, we've got the six takes and we've got to be one extra. But yeah. we only had the one holding the guns in our left hand, so they had to use it. I see, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a good story. And of course, it's gone down in Star Wars folklore and they've made references to it in, uh, in future movies. And uh, yeah, it's a, a lovely bit of, a lovely bit of uh, history for you. Sorry, I've got this. I've got this. I've got a chest infection, so I'll put this on. Yeah. Go on. That's alright, we'll cut that bit out, that's fine. So, uh. Well, let's take this off then. Well, that's a lovely story, and obviously, you've gone down in Star Wars history, your, your, little, your little bit of fame. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's super. Laurie, it's been a pleasure to meet you. Okay. Thank you so much for talking to us, and uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. All right, thanks very much. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Hello, I'm here with Chris from Deflectus DC. How's it going today, Chris? Yeah, very good, thank you. And, uh, and any sort of new products on, on the stand? Is it the, the, the same stuff? Tell me what you've got. Yeah, so um, one of our latest products are the new Unicase, the blister case, which we've redesigned. Um, and it's, it's been very, very popular today. We've got two different sizes in there, 45mm, 65mm, um, and uh, it's just been roaring success. Brilliant. Now, I've bought some stuff with you in person before at Echo, and I've also recently bought some stuff with you online, and I got a couple of emails after that telling me about points. Now, tell me, tell me how that works. Can I use those in person, or is that online only? Yeah, it's online. So we introduced this in the 1st of June, and we wanted to give something back to our loyal customers that, that have a lot of repeat business. Uh, so you accrue points when you buy stuff, and then, um, and then you put it into vouchers, and it's discount vouchers on future purchases. Fantastic. Now, can you tell me anything about yourself? Are you are you a vintage Star Wars collector or other toy line collector? How, how did you get into so Deflector DC? Frankly, I've loved Star Wars since I was a kid. Um, always collected. And uh, back in 2015, um, I wanted something to protect my figures. So I started making some cases for myself. Friends love them. And it kind of spiraled from there, really. And then we expanded the range. Um, and through customer feedback, it was just the Vintage Collection, Black Series, Star Wars Vintage and their 30th Anniversary and Power of the Force, Episode 1. Um, and we decided to do all of those ranges and then we spiralled into Marvel, DC and everything from there. But um, we, we, we operate on a, a customer feedback basis, so it's really directed by customers what their needs are and, um, and we try and fulfil those needs. Fantastic. Now, I've heard you talk. I think it was to Lee Bullock before about the actually the, about the, how the plastics made and, and does it have sort of UV protective qualities? Is it not? How, how, 
describe describe the product. Okay, so um, so our blister cases uh, are 800 micron, 99.7% UV. Our acrylic cases, again, um, three mil acrylic. Um, they're designed differently, so they look slightly different to your standard acrylic case. They're very close fitting. Again, 99.7% UV. We guarantee it's over 99%. We've got two different types of folding cases now, one with variable UV, and then we have folding cases which are 99% and over as well. Impressive stuff. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So joined now on the Vintage Rebellion by Cathy Munro. Hello, Cathy. Very pleased to, uh, to meet you today. Oh, very nice to be here. Nice to meet you also. Thank you. Uh, now, you're best known for playing... Uh, well, you, you would say uh, 4 LOM, but... Uh, yes, but you see, it was a mix-up with the toys. Kenner, who yes. manufactured the toys, they put the names around the wrong way. They, but uh, I always sign as Zuckers, and Chris Parson signs as that's it. So, uh, so, so just for confusion, because this is a vintage podcast, you were the uh, the, the one that wears the, le the the leather coat. Yes, that's right. Not um, the robot. I don't know if you can uh, see and there. There, there you are on yes, set. Yeah, right. excellent. Yes. So, uh, what brought you to the set of the Empire Strikes Back, then, Kathy? How well, did you get yes, into well, it? I was at Stage School, Italia Conti Stage School in London. Yeah. And uh, they're an agency as well, a part of the school. And uh, we were just asked to go along. You know, there was a few other people went down to um, Elstree. Yep. And uh, just went there. And I think it was because of my height uh, that nailed it for me, really. And also they said to me, uh, are you claustrophobic? Well, I didn't know what that meant because I was only 18. And, um, so I said, uh, uh, no, I'm not. I said, I don't know, I'm fine. Not realizing what was coming up next. Yep. So that's how I ended up being um, Empire Strikes Back. It was one of my first jobs, so uh, I started high. <laughs> yes, and you, you, mentioned the, you mentioned the claustrophobia. What was the costume like to wear? Well, the actual costume itself is fine because it was like leather, so it wasn't too bad. It was quite movable, flexible. Yep. But it was the helmet, which was a bit like, uh, I could describe it as a, a, a helmet that divers, old-fashioned divers helmet. Oh, yes. And it was actually locked onto my head, so I physically couldn't take oh, the helmet off. That's where the claustrophobic bit came yeah. in. So uh, I had a lovely wardrobe lady who looked after me on the set, and she, we had a little thing. She said, anytime you feel like you're faint or you don't feel great, put your hand up and we'll bring a chair and you can sit down and we'll take it off for you because she had to literally take it off, yeah. you well, know, so that was very, very uncomfortable. Well, at least, least you could sit down, I know some of them couldn't. I know some of them physically <laughs> couldn't sit down at all, so I probably were, was quite lucky in that yeah. respect. But I also had a cylinder on the costume, which a lot of people don't know, and uh, it's a tube that I had to blow into and bubbles would um, uh, come up in, in the uh, cylinder, you know, and okay. I had to even do that with the hot light visibility was very poor I couldn't see side to side you know so you were quite restricted in that, yeah. in that, that way Good, but it, me. I mean it, it was an amazing thing to do and as I've got older I appreciate it even more you know Absolutely. but at the time it was a job I was 18 and it was a job so yeah you know you mentioned the poor visibility, of course, there was a big drop-off just a couple well, of feet yes, in front we of were, you. We were very high up on a plinth, you know, and we were all, as you know, all in a line. And, yep. uh, you know, you had to be where you couldn't be moving too much, otherwise you wouldn't go over. It would be quite a, you yep. know, a nasty fall if I had, you know. So I was quite wary of that, I was very conscious of that, you know. So, but, you know, you do what you have to do, you know. Absolutely. You try and do it to the best of your ability, you know. 
And you also played a, a Snivian. In, yes, uh, I did. Yes, that's actually me with my mask um, off. Some yeah. say I'm better off that's with a, it on. <laughs> that's a lovely photo. I, I think all they did was try to put masks on me. I don't know why. <laughs> but uh, yes, that was great fun. That was a Cloud City set. And yeah. that was taken with my little Kodak camera. And um, we, uh, we, no, that was lovely. So uh, that was good. That's uh, Trevor Horn, yeah. who is my partner in crime. And okay. uh, he was really, really tall. And of course, I'm quite short. So we looked big to call us Mr and Mrs Pig, so I like it. <laughs> we had the nickname, yeah, so that's quite nice. So yeah, all in all, I had a real good fun on the film. Super. Great experience. And have you enjoyed your day at Echo today? Yes, it's been lovely. I've met so many nice people, genuine people, real fans, and I've just been telling them stories of what it was like with Dave Browse and lovely Jeremy Bullock. Yeah. And, you know, just a great memory, great fun, and you know, we, it, it's been wonderful. And it's lovely to hear their memories about the toys they had as children. One guy said um, to me that he saw um, Empire when he was 10, and he said the most frightening character of all was my character. Oh, goodness. And I said, oh, he said, when you when he saw it, he just, and he's never forgotten it. And, known, and then another uh, fan came up to me and said, I thought, he, he thought I was dead. Huh. That was first thing this morning. I said I might look like death warmed up, but I'm not dead. I think a lot of us yeah. look like death warmed up I this think, morning. I think but, oh so. dear. I do think so. But no, it's been a lovely show and a very good attendance. And I think everybody's been wonderful and they've all done really well. So, and yeah. it's great for the charity. I mean, really, that's, that's the main thing. I mean, you know, we're happy to do lots of stuff for the raffle and the charity. So long may it go. Continue. That's, that's so that's super. what we, we would like to. Well, Kathy, thank you ever so much for uh, joining us uh, this afternoon. It's been a pleasure right. to meet you and chat with you. Oh, thank you. And uh, yeah, hope pleasure. you enjoy the rest of your day. Oh, thank you very much. Take care. Bye bye. I'm here with Drew. Can you tell me about your stall here, Drew? As you say, it's two companies. Yep, so it's collector displays for vintage figure display cases and then mod box it for the vehicle cases. Okay, so that's the, the vehicle cases is what caught my eye. Just tell me, yeah. tell me what you've got in front of you here. So these are some of the standard products. They're basically, I've described them as um, build your own dioramas. So it's a start point for, for making a diorama. You can go on the website, you can choose a standard product or you can put sizes in and build your own product. Choose a, choose a graphic for the back, choose a graphic on the base or a colour option and then it comes out flat pack a week later. Lovely, and you've got, um, I can see Millennium Falcon and an Atat in front of me. What kind yes. of sort of prices are these going for? Uh, so the Atat is 125 and the Falcon case is 135 um, But it's full UV protection and dust proofing as well, so once they're in there, they're nice and safe. Lovely, and have you had much interest today? Yes, yeah, I've sold, I've sold a few. I've got some of the units here for sale today, but... It's a brand new company and brand new product, so really it's showcasing it today. Okay, also not so good that you're talking to me then, so we go. Absolutely, okay. yeah. And, let's, yeah. and tell me about the figure cases then. Uh, so the figure cases are really for vintage figures in the main, but we also do other, you know, we do other, other He-Man things like that. I think I've seen I've seen your um, your cases that show that the the figure car back colours behind the, the yeah, individual so figures. That's the, that's the main seller for us really, we do sell a lot of those um, and they're, they're very very steady kind of work but those are on a six to eight week lead time because they're made to order. And when did you first start doing those? It doesn't seem that long ago actually. Oh, about 
four years ago. Right. Yeah, it's, it's flown by, but I, uh, to start off with, it was a bit of a hobby, but it's taken over now, so I've had to, I've had to jack in the day job nice. to concentrate on this, so yeah, it's good. Yeah, excellent. Well, thanks very much for talking to me. No problem. Thank you. So I'm joined by Mr. Dermot Crowley, well known for playing General Medine in Return of the Jedi. Hello, Dermot. It's a pleasure to see you today. Hello, it's very nice to, to be here with you. Excellent. Have you had a good day today? We're getting towards the end now. It's been extremely enjoyable here in Redditch. Yeah. Fantastic. And uh, you've got a, a, a certain a, a certain sort of stardom with the, the attendees at Echo Base, I, I believe. I, well, so I believe, yes, as I <laughs> discovered today. I, I have an Echo Base fan club, which I'm absolutely thrilled about. Yeah, yeah very much so. Uh, now, General Medine on uh, Return of the Jedi, he was a very imposing character. He, uh, he, he certainly um, showed his authority. Um, did, you, uh, did, did you enjoy playing the character? I loved playing the character. And uh, I mean, he, he doesn't appear uh, for any great length of time in the film. But as I've discovered from the fans over the years, um, he's got a huge backstory in, in, in the Star Wars world and, and in the books. And, uh, uh, and I think that's why there's kind of an enduring interest in him. Yes, absolutely. And uh, you were on set with all of the stars, of course. I was indeed. With Harrison um, Ford and Carrie and Mark. And, abs absolutely. Yeah. Were, they, were they good to work with? They were terrific. I mean, there was a really good atmosphere. And uh, it was extraordinary, that particular set we were on. Uh, I believe cost half a million pounds to build in 1982, uh, which was an enormous amount of money then. I mean, it's still an enormous amount of money, yes. but it looks fantastic. And um, yeah, I think that really lent itself to, um, to yeah. part of the Very, the very impressive event. set. Yeah, it was but, amazing. Uh, I understand that, um, that with all the strange creatures that were there on that set, it was particularly the pigeons that caused a problem? The pigeons were a problem, yes who uh, build and cooed through our lines, so we had to do retakes, yeah. Yes, I've, I've been the rafters of the studios. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> it must have been an interesting description. Yeah, yeah, it was. It's extraordinary to think about. When you look at the scene and you can hear the pigeons in your head. Yeah. Yeah, yeah super. Um, and the other thing I was going to ask you about was, uh, was your, uh, your beard. My which beard. again has acquired its own sort of it stardom, has. hasn't it? It's, it's got what, its own what, fan what was, club, the beard. What was the story behind the beard? The story behind the beard basically was that they wanted me to have a beard, although I didn't realise until I uh, arrived for the first day of filming. And uh, I really don't like having things stuck in my face, so I kind of said, no, nah, I don't think so. And they were kind of quite insistent, and um, uh, Richard Mark and God rest him, uh, who was directing it, kind of took me aside and said look do me a favor wear the beard so I wore the beard and I didn't find out until um, about a year later when a friend of mine said uh, there is uh, a doll of yours the word action figure wasn't invented then uh, for sale in Hamleys in a toy shop in, uh, in Regent Street in London and uh, I said what really and they kind of said yeah anyway I had a look and the doll had a beard so uh, as far as I know, the doll was manufactured before the actor was cast, <laughs> hence I had to have it. That's a great uh, story. But, uh, that's, that's lovely, Dermot. Thank you ever so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to uh, to speak with you. And, and uh, you. enjoy the rest of your yeah. day. Thank you ever so much. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. And now this month's licensee section, Starfire Badges. The reason I thought we should do this is because I've actually never seen this. Well, I've never knowingly seen these. There's obviously see a lot of Star Wars stuff. 
but I not knowingly take it in. So when I saw little lights on the eyes, I was like, Whoa, where did these come from? I've never seen these before. And I think, you, did you have some on the table, Andy? Echo, or was I imagining that? I did. I saw the De Grant. I just want to get your quick memory on things you had as a kid, which you thought, wow, I can't believe that. And the thing that sprung to my mind when I answered myself that question was six million dollar man. For start, you had a rubber cover on the arm, which I couldn't believe that you uncovered sort of like things on the arm. It's like, oh, my goodness, that's amazing. And then you had the eye, which was a uh, sort of little telescope. You know, you could see you look into it and see far off objects really badly. And then you, of course, had the the button in the back of the arm, which which as you kept prep pumping it, he would pick up the engine block which came with the figure. I just thought those were the most amazing things I'd ever seen. I had to go buy it again recently. So Andy and Spoons, you both had amazing things, probably some kind of weird... Andy, you were communist, so you probably had some sort of communist toy. Preston, yeah, you probably had some ridiculous electronic device. Richard, no chance. Jason uh, probably had a live haggis or something, electronic eyes or something. Right, so let's start with you, uh, Spoons, this time. Well, you, you can't, I didn't have a communist toy, but my auntie and my cousins did. They had a tin plate, a car track. Have you seen them? Like you, you, you wind them up, and these little tin cars go round a track. And this was through some sort of mountain scene. Is it like and a box? A box you hold, almost hold in your hand. It was, it was sort of yeah, like a flat. It wasn't like a box. It was, it was like the, a box with no top. It was like a, it wasn't flat. It was three, it was three D. Yes, I actually had one of these recently. Someone gave me one of these recently. I sold it because it was, was amazing. It, it was a little they, tin they, wind up toy, it, and it was communist. They go a lot for, they go for a lot of money. Yeah, but this would have been what my grandma or auntie would have put. It was it a up Soviet with. toy. Yeah, and it's, uh, and it was just crazy. I don't know what, whether my cousins have still got it these days i suspect not they're not into uh keeping hold of crap like i am um but yeah it was it was a love lovely toy but for for me a bit i mean i had a six million dollar man and, and also similarly bought a new one recently i had the one with the girder the steel girder so his oh. hand grasped as well as rising up oh. and I, I bought one of those again recently it's, it's fantastic but mine was um a mobile action command and uh, they were the Matchbox line. Remember uh, Action Jacks? They were like a, a slightly better made version of those. Little figures come with some accessories, hats and backpacks. But their their base was a mountain. And so when it was all tidied away, all the doors were shut. It just looked like a plastic mountain with a few handholds and things on the outside. But you then open the top and a crane came out. You open a door in the middle and there's a helicopter uh, a door at the bottom and a boat came out and i think you, yeah, you get your uh, there's another door for all your vehicles and then all these like it's a bit like the death star actually loads of cardboard panels and things inside and the one I've, I've got one of those i again picked up more recently and it's all warped and things but at the time that to me that was just such an amazing toy so much imagination in it and you know I, I, it's, if something like that was real it would have been the best thing ever so that would that would be my personal one that's uh that was the wow factor when you asked that question just now i thought goodness what what am i gonna what, what am i gonna say but the one that stands out and i love this toy you'll all have heard of it the evil knievel stunt cycle yes i had one loved it you had your bike like a chopper bike with great big handlebars you had little evil knievel doll that sat on it 
you had a launcher and you'd uh, you'd wind this thing up like crazy um the rotary handle and the engine would rev and then you'd press the button off it would go nine times out of ten whatever stunt you'd put up it didn't work because it would either veer off in an odd direction or it would the figure would fall off or just like the real evil Knievel. indeed but the time when it did work oh my god that was just wonderful i did look for one of these not long ago they're all Uh, over the place loads of them well there are but they go for stupid money now if they're in decent working order um, even the retro ones, because they did re-release them, even those yeah. are, are, are a lot of money. And what, what I would have been doing with today's tech is setting this thing up and then getting somebody to video it or video it in slow-mo. And <laughs> I'd, have, I'd have had so much fun. There was a, there was a drag car as well. Do you, you ever have a car? No, I didn't. I only had the stunt cycle. <sighs> We've managed, I don't but, know how we got it. Cause my brother was saying, I didn't think we did, but he was. I talked about it with this recently when he was down. And we did get the car from somebody. And that was amazing, but I don't think our, I, you had to do a lot of arm power to get that to go, because it was the same same format. You had to wind it up and let it go, but it was a little bit too heavy. Yeah, so th- there we go. In terms of an awesome toy, oh. when it worked, when he when he landed that jump, Evil Knievel stunt cycle, that was just the best. Yeah, I do need to buy another Evil Knievel with a with the red windy up thing because i i don't even care about the, the bike but because evil knievel was my hero as a kid i killed for evil knievel he was he was like he was literally for me a superhero you know i saw him the same way i saw superman he was just amazing even when he blew himself up and fell off things and broke his everything he was just he was a legend for me he was i need to get back into evil knievel things because he was so he was so cool especially that jumpsuit just the coolest thing of all time Right, uh, Jason, uh, did they have anything cool in Scotland? Well, I mean, um, I'm showing my age here. I think one oh, of yes. the amazing toys I had when I was a kid was my uh, Action Man Scorpion tank and uh, Gatling gun that it oh. took. Because that fired real big plastic bullets, and you could like <laughs> you could knock the Action Man down with those if you... I thought you could say you can kill local kids. I just remember, because used, used I used to have about six Action Men, so it was like uh, on the Allies side, you'd have all the really new action man. You'd have the tank, the Gatling gun, and then the ones where the hands had dropped off and they were all a bit manky. I had, I had two in German uniforms, and it was like these two action men in German uniforms. You couldn't really hang on the guns versus this tank and Gatling gun. So it was uh, there's always a very one-sided battle. Yeah, that'll learn them. Probably I mean, Germans. No offense, Germans. I mean, like, only joking. Richard, no chance you had anything. Basically, you were looking at the kids next door with their sticks and twigs and getting jealous, weren't you? Well, I was definitely an outdoor kid, that's no doubt. But I love me board games and things. But I think I may be making this up, but I know I had something that was Dukes of Hazard, and there was two cars. And I've got a feeling they were in, they were on some device that was strapped to my wrist. And I wound it up, and then you pressed a button, and they fired off your wrist. Yeah, 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 yeah. I come up with a call, but yes, they, they, they were quite wrist racers. Wrist, wrist racers, yeah. yes. I think I had those as a kid. I definitely had something yeah, Dukes of they were Hazard. Really cool. Yeah, because I remember my babysitter trying to put the the Dukes of Hazard car down because he said uh, the police cars um, are the fastest cars and nobody can get away from them. And I wasn't, I didn't put two and two together at the time. He was talking about real life, 
in the estate I was living at where nobody could escape the police cause so they had, you know, the, the best cause. But obviously I was like, no, the Joseph has a car, you know, nobody catches him, he's, he's great. Um, but yeah, definitely remember, definitely remember those, loved them. Richard, because you, you have this relationship with a certain brand, they're, they're, they're a knickerbocker as well. Yeah, I didn't know that. Right, fantastic. Right, so Andy, let's get on with this, because dead, dead easy, dead quick. There's not a lot of items. Um, so the, these are basically, the reason I asked about technology was because I, I was quite surprised that these badges had lights on them. I just couldn't believe what I saw it the other day. I was so like, really? They had? Uh, did they have a little, just tell us about what, what the action is. So it's, it's it's a light up, two little lights or a number of lights on a badge. It's got a little bit of electronics on the back or am I not seeing that right? Yeah, no, you, you, you're absolutely right. Um, so there are uh, 12 badges in the set and they've all got either one or two LEDs on the front. And those are connected to a little circuit board on the back um, with a pin that obviously you could attach it to your clothes and space to insert a couple of little um, cell batteries, uh, the, the, the tiny little circular batteries. And yeah, the eyes light up and flash. Oh, How cool at, is that? They are, they are awesome. The, the best one for me is Chewbacca. Chewbacca looks, it looks like he's about to rip several things off a good and dark um he's gone over the top i think there's chewbacca there oh my goodness these are brilliant why have i never seen this before i mean they're lovely artwork you've got very the very marvel looking star wars logo on them i've got to say that looks to be taken straight off the comics was there some relationship with this brand starfire the artwork they've used seems to be unique to this set i don't recognize these as being sort of stock images i've never um, seen that chewbacca before because that is hilarious to his well, chewie's got bright yellow led eyes <laughs> he's, he's clearly having a bad hair day and he's not happy about it because he's snarling and growling and <laughs> he, he doesn't look happy does he the lack of eyes makes him look deranged so he had a bit of a haircut That's yeah amazing. it does it does a bit doesn't he but uh, yeah, it's, yeah. The the rest of the artwork is not bad. Um, I think the the badges that have the Star Wars logo are slightly better than the ones with the Jedi logo. Uh, but uh, yeah, that that's not the best rendition of Chewie, is it? Well, I don't know if it's uh, bad or good. It's it's kind of it's very unique. It certainly uh, is. The Yoda one, I love. Yoda's looking straight at you, and the, because he's got these green LED eyes. It looks like he's wearing shades. Do they flash, do they? Or just light up? I believe they flash, but I could be wrong there. Um, you can't I, have these and not turn them on. I guess 3 PO is the only real one, really, because his eyes do light up in real life. Do the ones you sold, Andy, do they still light up? I'd never seen these before now, either. No, one of them was missing the contacts for the battery. Oh, they, they do flash. Ooh. I've got a video here of a gamma ray guard with his flashing green eyes. He looks quite scary, actually. <laughs> I mean, these are amazing. I'd have loved to have these. Yeah. The ship's ones aren't great. I mean, just looking at the Imperial shuttle, it's just got a light on its backside. And that's it, just one light. So yeah, it's like, a, like an engine light, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, mm. um, so just to, to run through them, perhaps, we've got yes. six Star Wars and six Jedi designs. Star Wars ones, we've got C-3PO, who's got two yellow LEDs. You've got R2-D2 with one red LED. 
Chewie with two yellow LEDs. Yoda has two green. The X-Wing has two red. Vader's got two red, lighting up his eyes. One on the shuttle. We're moving on to the Jedi characters now. So uh, the first Jedi badge is a group of the four heroes, Luke, Leia, Han and Lando, with one red LED. We've got Akbar with yellow LEDs, Bib Fortuna with red, Gamorrean Guard with green, and Jabba the Hutt with red LED eyes. So almost all of these, the LEDs represent the eyes. Obviously for the spaceships, it's the engines... Um, and then the, the one oddity is the four heroes where you've got an LED just sort of off to one side, not really doing ver- doing anything, is it? It's just that's, just that's, there. That's really poor. You know, they didn't think about that, did they? They just went, well, oh, put a light on it. I mean, like the, the Akbar one's pretty cool because like, you've really got to position those lights in his droopy eyes. You have. He's got those fishy eyes on the sides of his head, hasn't he? So you've got Bib Fortuna with very close together red eyes. He looks very menacing with those red eyes. Vader looks very menacing as well, actually, doesn't it? Something about the red. They've not made some great choices there, but at the same time, you know, I guess they didn't care. They're flashy. So how did these badges come under? Were they carded singly, together, twos, threes? They were carded singly. Um, and although the badges, uh, you've got six Star Wars, six Jedi, the cards, were, as far as I'm aware, were all the same. Uh, so it's a black card, very very plain really um not a lot bigger than the badge top left you got the star wars logo and then the r and the s extended across to the top right hand corner of the card and bottom right you've got star badges with an exclamation mark and that's about it for the front of the card the badges are sealed with shrink wrap and then on the rear you've got a bit of information about um how to operate them, how to use the batteries, how to replace batteries, etc, etc. And were these only a UK thing or were they they go international? They were international to some extent. They're mainly UK. I'm sure I heard somewhere that they were a Scottish company and that it was only test marketing, that they didn't go on general sale, which is why they're now so hard to find. I could be wrong there, but that's a, that's a story dredged up from my memory bank somewhere. There was some marketing in the UK, as I say, possibly more uh, focused on Scotland. But there is a store display that's turned up with German stickers over the English text. So it looks as if, again, they were marketed to a greater or lesser extent in Germany as well as England. Whether they went any further afield than that, who knows? I think they should be a nice little collection, actually. I mean, that's because you found that store display that. UK store display on an old Vectis auction, 2015, I want to say it was. Um, just a really nice little. It's, it's amazing. I just don't have any. You know, you think of all the shows I've been to. I don't think I've ever seen these until I saw yours. Just to pick up on your Echo stuff. How much stuff have you got in your house? Because if that was just your waste, <laughs> <laughs> that's only the first box or two I came to. <laughs> Because, ladies and gentlemen yeah. out there, Mr. Preston here, when he turned up at Echo, he's like, I had a couple of little boxes and tat. Uh, Jason had his car backs and some magazines and stuff. Yeah, you know, a table and a half full. Andy Preston turns up, boxes and boxes of wonderful things I've never even seen before, didn't know existed, just piling up dairy boxes, uh, snap kit boxes. You had tons of stuff. 
tons. Yeah, I, and, I, and that was just the stuff you want to get rid of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've been collecting for a long time, Pete, as you know. Oh, um, yeah. And I've acquired a lot of tat along the way. I've bought a lot of um, collections and sets and... Uh, you know, you you want one piece, so you've got to buy the whole lot on auction. And I'm never very good at selling stuff. I don't like, <laughs> once I've got it, I don't like getting rid of it again. So, uh, I've got boxes in the loft uh, just full of all sorts of rubbish. Um, and it's got to the point now where I need to clear some out. So uh, hence having the table at Echo. Uh, and uh, I need to talk to Mr. Tree about perhaps having a table at Farthest From in december as well so uh, yeah we'll try and try and clear out a bit of the tap but before anybody else asks those were the only two badges that i've got so i don't have any starfire badges available now i'm afraid have you got um, a whole collection of these have you i have and as far as i can remember i bought them all together in one lot carded you hardly ever see them come up you know, I can yeah. probably count on the fingers of one hand the amount of times I've seen these come up for sale. Um, and when they do come up, they sell very, very well. What sort um, of price would you be looking at to get a badge like this? Loose, in good condition, you would be expecting to pay probably £30, £40, maybe more. Uh, I've certainly seen them are, uh, people asking a lot more than that. Carded. Hundreds. They're, they're gonna, they're, it's going to be into three figures. It's going to be upwards of 100 how far i mean if anybody asked me for advice if they want to sell one of these things i'd say stick it to auction because i, I genuinely wouldn't know how much to offer how much to ask for one of these things the fact they've got unique unique ish artwork on there is is nice. i said that star wars logo is said you go and look at the front of the marvel comics you've you've nailed it there pete yeah absolutely it's the it's the comic artwork isn't it so yeah i wonder if there's any relationship there it, it's just amazing also that there was there was anything with a light on it I can't think of anything similar to this that I've seen. Star, yeah, at least Star Wars wise. Is anything that comes with a battery with a light on it? Oh, am I just being daft? I mean, apart from toys, you know, like, you know, art, you know, remote control, R two D two, things like that. Anything, anything merchandise wise, you know, uh, this sort of level of stuff. Not that I can think of. I'm racking my brains now, but uh, it's a very no, unique item, really, considering. What it what, what it was? I think there was a price tag on one of the pictures, two pounds seventy five. I think it said. So that wasn't cheap. Um, no, you know. and I'm I'm guessing that that's why they don't come up very often. Um, and again, this is speculation on my part, but uh, I would imagine if they were test marketed, they probably didn't sell all that well, because they they would have been very expensive for badges. That's more than yeah. a Star Wars figure, isn't it? Oh, it is, because in those days you'd get Star Wars figures for pound one fifty. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we've seen, I think at that time when uh, went through a few prices, you know, we, everything from, you know, 99p seemed to be the, the you know, I know, I think I've got some things with lower than 99p, but, you know, 99p up to £2.70 and a couple of £3.00. Uh, I think I'm going through my car back, looking at, looking at the price stickers. So that was an expensive, you know, badge, lighty badge or Star Wars figure. I know what I'll or, be having. Or even two Star Wars figures. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so weren't cheap. I don't so if, if that is the case, then you know the, the the story may go that they were test marketed, perhaps in Scotland. They didn't sell very well. They sold off the stocks and then didn't put them on general sale after that. Production costs must have been quite a lot as well, because you got to. You know, are you giving away batteries in there? That's going to be quite a bit. So yeah, no wonder it was two pounds seventy five. Do you know if they came with batteries, or you had to put your own batteries in? um that's a good question i don't know um my set isn't accessible it's up in the loft so uh, yeah. uh, i would imagine they probably did 
because getting hold of those button batteries in those days would not have been easy, I would have thought. Because I was, I was just looking on the, uh, I found a thread on the Imperial Commissary. Someone found a badge uh, they had and said they still light it up. So I'm going to assume that they came with came with the batteries still in, which was mm. uh, I think was quite the norm though. Things like that. I would imagine that probably is the case. Yeah. Because I mean, I mean, also it normally it would say on the front of the packaging, wouldn't it? Batteries not included, or you know, needs AA, yeah, whatever they are, CD batteries or something. So it's a lovely little set to collect. I mean, realistically, you could expect to put a run together of loose badges. Uh, that that's that's doable. Putting a carded run together, extremely difficult. Um, not impossible, but uh, you know, they, these these come up. You know, they're they're, they're like rocking horse poo. They really are. The yeah. one thing we haven't talked about is the store display. Of course, yeah. and uh, you know the, these these come up very very rarely again, but it's it's a lovely little display piece. It's a card backer. How big would it be? It's probably eighteen inches high, something like that, and maybe a foot and across. And it says batteries included. <laughs> it does. Well spotted. So you got six badges. I don't know if they're actual badges or whether they're just images, graphics of badges, pictures. Uh, around the top, um, it says Star Badges and the Star Wars logo, that comic style again. Pin on and light up, batteries included. Nice. Um, and coming out of that um, card backer, you'd have had the the metal wire racks on which the individually packaged badges would have been held. And then around the back, there is a there's a system of wiring with a plug. So that those badges, they are they are badges, they are actual badges that are stuck on the uh, top of the, the store display. And those are wired up, so when that's plugged in, the store display will light up and flash. So uh, a, a lovely piece. Cracky, that one at Vectis in 2015, 50 quid, absolute bargain. <laughs> um, I offered a hell of a lot more than that for one and on a, a deal or no deal or one of those groups and uh, <laughs> didn't get anywhere, so... I would. Yep, yep. Love to find one of those. If anybody out there's got one, then uh, yeah, I'm uh, prepared to chuck quite a bit of money at you. It's cracking piece. Right, it's got an electronic plug on the end of it. It's absolutely brilliant. How again? How many store displays have got? Yeah, you know, obviously not modern ones, but how many store displays for 983 have got <laughs> plug-in elements to them? Yeah, that's not, not, amazing, really. Not many. There you go. That's it. Amazing. We're done. Love it. So yeah, we'll do it all next month. Well, everybody, that's been a great show, and uh, apologies for the slight delay on this one, but um, I'm pretty sure everybody can understand why this one was out a little bit later than normal, but it's great to be back. Thanks to all the feedback that we've had on Facebook and Stars on UK, Jeff Tilly, Wood, downloading now, David Kevin White, another great episode, Christopher Riley is a great guy, he sure he is, uh, David, absolutely, and his work on the annual impressed me. It was nice to meet him in person after only chatting online. Remember our online discussion about Return of the Jedi two packs with the New York Lloyds price sticker, quite rare and special in my opinion. Over on Echo Live we had lots of uh, positive feedback and thanks to everybody who stopped by the stall and interacted. Uh, Jeff Tilly, did you cheat your thoughts, really make up VHS tapes of two hours of content? That's quite the swag. Yep, we absolutely did. Jim Pierce, that VHS is cracking. And I have plenty of swag to swap. See you there. Michael Thornton, I'll be there to swap. Jez Allison, well done boys, that looks great. And Buddy Pal, you're the best swag and cheap tart out of everyone. Awesome stall. 
So thanks to everybody, as I said, there who stopped by the stall, who chatted to, to all the guys who were down there. And we'll be representing Father's Forum coming up in December, and we'll also be representing the next Echo Live, which is in February. If anybody wants to leave us any feedback on this episode, you can email us at swtvrpodcast at gmail.com or you can search your Vintage Rebellion across all social media platforms. A special shout out once again to Chris Porteous for everything that he's been doing on our YouTube channel and for spreading the Vintage Rebellion love over in Canada at the latest. I can't remember, it had a name, didn't it? It wasn't Toronto Con, but it was something like that. But well done, Chris Porteous, for, for representing us over there. Well, guys, a brilliant episode. I really love this one. It's nice to be back. Um, it's nice to, you know, come out with such a positive show um, in such difficult times, especially for um, poor Jason. Without much further from me, it's goodbye from Pete. Um, I still have a few videotapes uh, available, so if you want one, let me know. Uh, pay postage and I'll send you one. It's goodbye from Andy Preston. Cheers, guys. Take care, everyone. May the force be with you. It's goodbye from Jason. Bye, everyone, and it's been really great doing the show this evening, and it's been really nice to be able to take my mind off things and just do something normal for a bit. So, yeah, thanks, guys. It's been really appreciated. And thanks, everyone, on the on the Internet who's um, sent messages of support. It's been really appreciated. Thank you. And it's goodbye from Andy Spoons Norton. Good night, everyone. And after those star badges, don't have nightmares. And it's a later, guys, from me. And remember, only you can decide with Star Wars toys. This podcast is not endorsed by Disney, Lucasfilm Limited, 20th Century Fox, or anybody who cares about the Star Wars franchise. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The official Star Wars website can be found at www.starwars.com. All names and sounds of Star Wars are registered trademarks of Lucasfilm Limited and other associated copyright holders. All of the original content of this podcast are the intellectual property rights of the Vintage Rebellion. If you enjoyed this podcast, then feel free to email swtvrpodcast at gmail.com. If you don't enjoy this podcast, tough. Are Star Wars products going to have the durability of, say, that old favourite, the teddy bear? Teddy bear!